Okay, it is 3.07 and you can start the meeting. Thanks, Tara. This is the meeting of the Visual Arts Committee for Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Good afternoon and welcome. Tara, can we do roll call? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Ferris? Here. Commissioner Beltran? Present. Commissioner Hakimi? Here. Commissioner Liu is absent. Commissioner McCoy is absent. Commissioner Muesli? Here. And Commissioner Schneer is absent. We have quorum for today's meeting. Great, thank you. Uh, I'd like to ask for any changes to the agenda. We do have one, item six, the Petrera Yard modern, modern, Modernization Project has been tabled. And I'd like to begin the meeting. Welcome to the Visual Arts Committee hybrid meeting. The meeting will be conducted as a hybrid meeting to allow public comment and public access to the Visual Arts Committee meetings, either remotely or in person in room 125 at the War Memorial Veterans Building located on 401 Van Ness Avenue. I want to remind us of the policies and procedures for public meetings. At this meeting, we are bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Government Guide. At every public meeting, there is a place for general public comment where members of the public may make comment on any item pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your general public comments to items under the purview of the San Francisco Arts Commission. For every item on the agenda, there's also space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comments on topic. Each public comment is limited to three minutes. <coughs> public comment will be taken both in person and remotely via WebEx. For each agenda item, the committee will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Furthermore, I would like to address a few virtual meeting housekeeping items. Please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. When you speak, you will have to unmute yourselves. Please speak directly into the microphone and introduce yourself when you speak so that others on the phone know who is talking. I will turn it over to Program Associate Tara Peterson for public comment instructions. The public is encouraged to submit their public comments in two ways, one in person during this meeting or two remotely via WebEx. For members of the public joining in person who wish to comment on agenda items, once you are called on, then you will be asked to voice your comment at the podium. We will provide you with a blank public comment card. You are recommended but not required to fill out this card. You may also make a public comment through the WebEx platform. When you click the WebEx link, you will then be prompted to enter the following information, first and last name and email. These fields are required. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last fields and public at public.com in the email field. Please ensure that you are in a quiet location and that all devices around you are muted so there is no echo when you speak. At the appropriate time, the chair will request public comment. For members of the public using the WebEx link, please, circle, please click the hand icon to raise your hand. This will place you in the public comment queue. When it is your time to speak, you will be unmuted by the moderator. And when your time is up, you will be muted. For members of the public calling by phone that wish to make a public comment, when the public comment period opens, press star three to be added to the speaker line. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask you to state your name and comment. You are encouraged, but not required to state your name for the record. I will start your three minutes when you speak using a visual timer. You will also receive a 30 second audible warning. When your time is up, I will say, caller, your time is up. Then you will be placed on mute and moved out of the speaker's line. We will pause briefly before closing public comment to ensure no other commenters are seeking to speak on that item. Participants who wish to speak on other agenda items can remain on the line and listen for the next public comment opportunity. 
Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it is 150 words or less, to art-info at sfgov.org. The summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. Public comment instructions will also be shared on the screen during each public comment period. All right, Commissioner Ferris, please begin. Meeting when ready. Thanks, Tara. I would like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement. The San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we are committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. I'd like to now call item number two. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number two is general public comment. This item is to allow members of the public to comment generally on matters within the commission's purview, as well as to suggest new agenda items for commission's consideration. Um, I'd like to call for general public comment. Is there any public comment on item number two, general public comment? We'll be taking in-person public comments first. For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. All right, you can start. Okay. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Raquel Redondius. I'm the director of Soma Filipinas, the Filipino Cultural Heritage District of San Francisco, and also recognized by the state through the California Arts Council. Um, this is my first time actually at a um, commission meeting, so really excited to meet all of you in person. Um, but we have been working closely for many, many years with um, with your leadership and staff. And so I want to acknowledge um, Director Remington and Mary Chu and also Jill. We've been um, really excited to work with them on a number of projects. Um, our chess plan was approved last September and there were uh, several arts-related um, uh, strategies, including developing a SOMA Arts Master Plan, uh, Urban Design Toolkit, uh, Plan for Cultural um, Conservator, as well as uh, supporting our arts institutions and artists. And we are um, you know, diligently working with um, your staff to uh, make the first uh, Soma Filipinas Gateway a reality over on Folsom and Rust Street across from VMD Park, as well as hopefully pursue a new iconic uh, cultural marker um, at the Yerba Buena Center. And kind of in light of uh, your monumental 
monuments in memorial um, as a report um, that we're really excited to partner with the Arts Commission to advance uh, uh, the recommendations from the report. Today we have, we're here because we actually have um, a mural that we'll be presenting, but I um, wanted to take this opportunity to also um, mention and alert you to a piece of legislation that was introduced at the board um, by Supervisor Dorsey in June, and it would, the proposal is to eliminate the 1% public art requirement for 100% affordable housing. Uh, this is something that we've reached out to his office about because uh, we're very concerned um, as a cultural district um, from um, not just any elimination of public art requirement in the city, but particularly for 100% affordable housing, it's an issue of equity. Um, I also serve on the planning department's racial equity council with, um, you know, Commissioner Hakimi, and um, you know, we to us this would be devastating to um, take away this requirement. We realize that there is a lot of pressure for the city to create affordable housing and streamline it and find cost savings, but eliminating public art from affordable housing is not the way to go. And so uh, we you know, hope that your department and your commission could look into it and we'd love to partner with you uh, to advocate for alternatives to make both affordable housing feasible but also make public art um, not just um, a requirement, but really I think in you know, in seconds that you know, in this time, especially as we now have ten cultural districts, um, we really need to be investing a lot more in community-based public art ones that really lift up the narratives that are you know often marginalized in the communities, right? And I think that your report really speaks strongly to that. And for us as Soma Filipinas, we don't have any permanent cultural markers. We don't have. Um, pillars like Little Saigon or Chinatown, and so we look forward to, to really partnering with you and making that happen. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Any other public comments? <coughs> Does it look like there's any other in-person public comments? So check online. There doesn't seem to be any, um, any more public comment. All right, thanks so much, Tara. Thank you so much for your public comment. All right, let's call item number three. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number three is the consent calendar. I will give a moment just for commissioners to look over the consent calendar and then call for any commissioner discussion or comments. So I, I was in part, I just had a quick question because um, I was looking at the Castro district and I saw that one of my favorite artists, but he's the only one doing it. So I just wanted to, today, there's 67 pieces that was allocated to 17 artists. So they get a group rather than having few artists do different ones. I just want to make sure that I... And I'm sorry, no, clarify, no, please. Does that question make sense? <laughs> you mean general public comment? No, motion, sorry, it's the second one on the consent calendar, it's the utility boxes. It's a continuation of the same project of utility boxes that came last month. Um, they had, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, I think it's a, um, I think it's like close to 100 locations and like 30, 40, but combined, sorry, combined from last month and this month. And, um, and I'm sorry, Commissioner Hakimi, can you restate your question? Yeah, so my, my question is, uh, how did these artists get elected to get few? Did they go through us, did they get approved, or is this a private private funding that we're just approving the, the, the that's what I want to clarify. 
Sorry, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> yeah, so it looks like in the consent calendar item that the artworks are privately funded. So we were not involved with the selection process. So they are coming to us um, because they are located on city property, um, SFMTA utility boxes. And these are not part of, you know, as a state, not part of the civic art collection. So, so uh, just for the record, I just left this on a record. I'm concerned that how these artists get elected because equity is a very important issue for me personally. And I can just talk about the Castro section. Uh, Serge is a favorite artist of mine, but I feel like he has four murals adjusting the Castro now, and that's it. Nobody else has it. And I'm, I just, I'd like to understand how we can ask that when artists are elected, there's at least some process of equity that other artists get opportunity to present, but not just a favorite of the community, because I'm really concerned about, and I say that with the caveat that Serge is one of my favorite, in fact, the first mural I, I actually brought him and invited him to do at Moby Dick. So he is actually my favorite, but I'm concerned that all of the murals right now are just Serge. So um, I, I would like to like make a comment and weigh in, and I think it would be helpful for Mary to explain the process when we are actually um, approving this, the choices of, of one of the enterprises um, and how it differs from our own process. If you could clarify that for everyone. Yeah, you know, we, you know, we are not involved with the, the process for the artist selection. So our, the, the commission's purview is to really approve the design of artwork on city property. And so this is why that is coming to us. So it's really about approving these uh, design designed by these artists on city property. So, so for the record, I understand that. I just want to ask that we kind of think about this issue that when come in front of us, has there been an equity system in which these artists were given the opportunity? I just want to make sure that we, this. I'm, I'm fine with, I'm not rejecting this. I'm just saying I've noticed being involved in that neighborhood, I'm concerned that when they come in front of our, us, we just blanketly vote without making sure that other artists in these communities are getting the fair share to present their work to whatever, because these are public public spaces that we are presenting to the public. So I, I, from the bottom of the issue of equity, I just want to make sure that people who present to us also, I don't know how we do that or if we can do that. That's I, I, something that I'd like to sure. raise an issue and concern. And I, and I, and I, I think that's a completely valid issue. I think one of the, um, one of the things that we're dealing with is, um, is sort of the laws that oversee uh, how this art is selected, who's paying for it, who's citing it, uh, which department. And uh, because we have a certain purview over you know, how Arts Commission money that's granted to us or that we get um, is expended, we have that, uh, you know, that discretion to, to pay attention to the issues, exactly the issues that you're talking about. When it's one of our enterprises, um, such as the port or SFMTA, um, who does that process, we actually do not have that same, I mean, we can, we can probably contact the decision-making bodies and, and voice our you know, concerns and also voice our, you know, what, what we would hope that they would be paying attention to. Um, but in terms of their end decision, because it's not under our, inter, you know, it's not under our funding, we don't really do that. And when, when it comes, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, Mary, but when it comes under our purview, and, and one of these examples is, let's say, the Bay Lights, um, you know, because that was privately funded, we essentially, our purview is essentially um, safety, um, as, as well as uh, sometimes, very, very rarely, it might be aesthetics, but it's usually, it, it, it's not 
and I want to say not on the merits, <laughs> but essentially it's it's not necessarily going to the substance. It's going to, is this something that's going to be a health hazard? Is this something that ha that fulfills all the ADA accessible um, laws, accessibility laws? Um, and that's, you know, and, and we do hundreds, right, of these community projects that are, you know, local artists that are selected by, um, uh, but because they're on public property, we have to, you know, do that level of review. So I just wanted to offer that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I just, I, that's why I just, sure. public comment, I'd like to know how yeah. we can have this conversation with all the other departments, because really that's our job to make sure equity is also part of our art commission. It's not just. I think it would be a really great idea to find who the decision-making um, body is at the SFMTA, you know, who may, and, and perhaps have a conversation with them about these concerns. I appreciate hearing my, my mm -hmm. comment. Thank you. Um, the other thing that, uh, I'm sorry, um, Chair Ferris, but I forgot to comment on general public comment because <laughs> uh, we went on to number three. And I just wanted to make uh, not a comment, but a question um, is when is um, Supervisor Dorsey's legislation 1% elimination up for vote? Because I think I, I heard that it was September, which is like soon. <laughs> so do you know? Um, uh, excuse me, I'm Ralph Remington, uh, Director of Cultural Affairs. We shouldn't get into any discussion on that. It's not an agendized item. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Beltran. And yeah, I would echo uh, what you were saying. I think it's worth asking the departments that we Excuse work me, with. Ralph Remington, Director of Cultural Affairs. We're not allowed to get into that. It's, it's, um, it's not an agendized item. Okay. Um, the last thing we were talking about as well. Not the last thing. No, no, she was talking about number two. Disregard, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for keeping us honest. <laughs> just checking. All right, so uh, yeah, it might not be a bad idea just to have the conversation with some of the other agencies that we are working with to let them know how we watch out for equity yeah. and check to see how they are. Um, you know, that's not the worst thing. And, and the first thing I thought too is, uh, that added point of making sure that we are not choosing the same artists in the neighborhood because oftentimes that's what people do when they <coughs> represent the neighborhood is see who's already there so that's a good point thank you all right do we have any other um yes um do we have any public comment on the consent calendar We'll be taking in-person public comments first. For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on the screen. One, two, three. Okay, one second. Let me switch over. Hello everyone, my name is Christina Biba and I'm here with Soma Pilipinas, the Filipino Cultural Heritage District. And I'm here to offer public comment on the motion to approve Francesca Manteo's design, Pagsasama Sama, um, which is included on the consent calendar. So public art within our cultural district is uh, important because it allows community members to feel connected to their history and culture, um, but it also allows uh, visitors to see uh, the Filipino community and also recognize our contributions to the city. 
Um, we're excited by the recent additions of public art pieces, such as um, C.C. Carpio's Jeepney Mural on 975 Bryan, um, Mel Veracruz's Sanctorium on the walls of the Yerba Buena Gardens on 4th Street, and then also the even the, the SF Arts Commission's recent um, comic series, Finding Filipino, um, by Rina Ayuyang on the Market Street bus stops. Um, so we're really hoping to see more, pu more public art pieces and more permanent public art pieces in our cultural district, uh, which is why we're excited to have uh, Chichai Mateo or Francesca Mateo's design of Pagsasama Sama included in today's consent calendar. So in preparation for this mural, Sama Filipinas conducted a community survey uh, sharing the design proposal by Francesca. Um, and we surveyed over 100 plus community members who either work or live in the district, attend activities in the SOMA, or are a part of a Filipino serving organization. Um, Chichang's design was widely celebrated in the survey and many shared comments similar to the following. I love the colors, the different elements, and the way this design speaks to the community aspect of SOMA. It looks like the artist has done their research to what SOMA is known for, what SOMA represents, and how to speak to the heart and soul of our community. Another community member shared that empowering women while uplifting our community is something we need more of. I would love to see this mural as it's a strong representation of strength and a reflection of how far we've all come together. And lastly, Someone shared, I immediately identify with this piece. The colors, the symbols, the rattan leaf is an homage to the peacock chair, but also to my childhood. I remember these dining chairs in my old home. Water and sun are symbols that identify with my life now and how we flow and shine as we move along through this thing called life. Um, so I hope the, the committee members can consider the impact and resonance of this mural design to our community. Thank you. Hi, hello again, um, and just want to provide more context in terms of the significance of um, this mural. It's located again on Paulson and West Street, which is um, where we hope to have our first summer Filipinas gateway. It's across the street from VMD Park. Uh, the building is actually the mission hiring hall where many Filipino community members go to seek work um, when you know they've lost work or unemployed or new migrants. It's also, um, <clears throat> if you look across the park, you see Bessie Carmichael Filipino Education Center, where which is, has the largest pop population of K through eight um, Filipino students. And so it's in what we call the youth and family zone. And so um, currently, we, uh, this would be uh, probably the latest edition. Although um, across the street, um, which is the, immediately across the street, is actually a new another new mural um, that Soma West CBD. Um, just commissioned um, both uh, Cece and Francesca to do it. If you haven't seen it, it's beautiful. We can share it with the commissioners. And so this is our attempt to really activate the Rust Street in preparation also for the gateway. And it's meant to be a frame for the gateway. We're also working with SFMTA to, um, to um, have new uh, Filipino weaving patterns as crosswalks also framing that area. So just wanted, we know that the gateway is um, fairly complicated. We're working with um, the Arts Commission, DPW, Planning Department, um, MTA to really figure out a way where um, all the different departments in the culture district can work together to make it happen. But um, we're hoping that in lieu of that, this new, this new mural, you know, would really be a, a great addition. And 
wanted to also mention that the inspiration for it to be uh, centered on Filipino women um, came from a community member um, who is uh, a parent at Desi um, Carmichael and also um, at, uh, has her kids at West Bay and Galimbata, and she's a big proponent of language access. And at um, last year's um, mayor celebration for Philippine American History Month, um, one of the keynote spoke about really the resilience and the contributions of Filipino women. And that, um, and then afterwards she emailed me and she said, you know, I just came back from Colorado and in Colorado they have this beautiful public art tapestry that really lifts up the history and contributions of, of women there. And so, so she said, why don't we have something similar to um, here in Soma Filipinas? And so we're really excited that just even within, um, in less than a year's time, we're able to manifest um, something like this. And, um, you know, Soma Filipinas, you know, if you hear about the Manung days, the international hotel, it's very, gen you know, male gendered. And so one of the things we try to do at Soma Filipinas is really recognize the families, the seniors, and really the women, uh, leaders, community workers, and healers that's really, um, are the cultural bearers and raising the new generation of Filipinos. Thank you. Anybody else? All right. No more in person public comment. Look online. Thank you. Don't see any hands raised. Just a reminder if you're online you, and you want to make public comment, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, please press star three. There's no more public comment at the time. Great, thanks Tara. Thank you so much for your public comments. Uh, I would like to ask for a motion. So moved. Commissioner Halpern. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Hakimi, second. Thank you, commissioners. All those in favor say aye. 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 All opposed say nay. And the motion passes unanimously. Great. Thank you so much, Commissioners. Thank you, Tara. Thank you again for your public comments. Okay. All right, I'd like to call item number four. Item number four is the JFK Promenade. We have two discussion and possible actions. First, to approve a one-year text-based sculptural installation of metal letters, which spell out the words, no dancing, as part of the temporary art program in Golden Gate Park located on the JFK Promenade, which has been created by the San Francisco-based Artist Collective, looking up arts and measures approximately 18 by 5 feet tall by 115 feet wide, and is designed to withstand winds up of up to 100 miles per hour to be installed next to the skating place. The project will be maintained by Illuminate, the firm engaged by the by the Rec and Park Department to produce and oversee the art program. The second discussion and possible action is to approve the one-year temporary installation of four bronze figurative sculptures of animal figures impersonating male and female humans created by Australian artists, Jill and Mark, which are entitled Eat, Travel, Play, and Care, two of which are fabricated from bronze and feature two figures with dimensions of 85.4 inches by 78.7 inches by 47.2 inches and 86.6 inches by 70.9 inches by 47.2 inches and two of which are fabricated from bronze and stainless steel and features three figures with dimensions 67 by 3 
by 132.7 inches by 62.2 inches and 79.5 inches by 65.7 inches by 90.2 inches. The project will be maintained by Illuminate, the firm engaged by the Rec and Park Department to produce and oversee the art program. I'd like to introduce Director of Public Art Trust and Special Initiatives, Jill Manton. Jill. Well, good afternoon, Commissioners, um, Director Remington and Director Mary Chu. So nice to be here. And um, as as Commissioner Ferris read, um, this will be this motion is to support or to endorse to approve two temporary projects that will be part of the JFK Promenade Art Program. And commissioners, you might remember that just a year ago, um, we had a presentation at the Arts Commission by Deputy Director of Rec and Park, uh, Dana Ketchum, to um, describe the program, its intent, its, its um, objective to bring more people to JFK Promenade now that it's a pedestrian promenade, and to um, bring a sense of joy, pleasure, awe, um, awe delight to the visitors. So um, again, I, I don't want to be repetitive, but uh, Reckon Park has engaged Ben Davis to manage um, and implement the art program. It is privately funded. I thought that it had Reckon Park funding, and so I didn't call that out, but it is privately, this, these projects are privately funded. And um, I'm happy to answer any questions you may have of me after the presentation, but I do have, um, our colleague Dana Ketchum is on the line and she would like to say um, something, an introduction about this project. So Dana, uh, I guess Tara's going to call Dana up. Dana, can you hear us? You've been unmuted. Great, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Um, Jill and commissioners and member, everyone with the Arts Commission. Um, and thank you, Jill, for the nice introduction. Um, and thank you for considering our proposal to further expand our partnership about uh, with the Arts Commission about bringing art to the new JFK Promenade. Ben Davis has been our partner most directly on helping us get these installations. And he's gonna give you more information about the details and show them to you. Um, just a reminder of a little history, last November, the voters overwhelmingly approved the permanent closure of JFK Boulevard, creating the new JFK Promenade. We are at Recca Park excited about this change and the opportunity of the future, including the displays of art. And we thank you for your support last year as we experimented with some displays. At this point in the life of the promenade, we have lots to do. And we're trying to achieve several things. First, we are looking at what works and resonates with the people as they explore the promenade. I hope you all have a chance to get out there. Um, you know, we have lots of different things going on, music, as well as art and other activities. And we have a wonderful shuttle for those who don't want to walk as well with huge glass windows that can pick you up uh, in a number of places and give you a beautiful view of everything going on. We now also have uh, a beer and wine garden with music and lots of great things going on. But art is also an important part of it. Second, we're looking to add placemaking pieces as the promenade itself still looks like a road. 
And we have struggled, ironically, with speeding bikers. Now that there are no cars, we have bikes going fast. At some point, we're going to be addressing and doing more permanent changes to deal with these. Uh, but we do like having large pieces to help slow things down. Last year, we placed the iconic doggy diner heads, and after several discussions with the Arts Commission, concluded they weren't art, but we did place them on the promenade to the delight of people, and, um, and they slowed things down. Um, and we believe a couple of these pieces actually are art and will provide some of the very same amenities. Um, Ben Davis is our partner, as I said, and he's going to give you some specifics. Again, the Rec and Park Department appreciates your support as we move uh, to experimenting with what works and this great new canvas we have for replacing art. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dana. And uh, commissioners, now, unless you have any questions, I'd like to introduce Ben Davis, who's the project manager that and um, with Illuminate or founder of Illuminate, who is implementing this program. Hi, everyone. Hi, and, and truly, sincerely, thank you. It was a year ago that we leaned into the challenge of, of taking JFK Drive and making it feel like a place for people first, rather than a road that you were allowed to walk and bike on. And, and thank you to the diverse San Francisco arts community that stepped up in a short amount of time, led by um, Paint the Void to find you know, a dozen muralists representing kind of a superhero of diversity across the San Francisco and Bay Area. And to, to the projects that manifested in a short amount of time, the love blocks that came from the you know, dust of Burning Man onto the grass of Golden Gate Park in less than a month's time, sort of proving what's possible here, an extraordinarily successful uh, set of installations across the way to Dana, Dana King's uh, Rooted in Justice, to the Charlie Gadigan's Chimes at the end of the, at the uh, end of the Banshaw, or excuse me, at the end of uh, JFK Promenade. Um, all of this uh, art, the whale in the middle of the road, has this amazing effect. Uh, and I've had a chance to, I've spent about as much time out on JFK Promenade as anyone sitting in one of those beautiful golden chairs, just taking in and witnessing the way people are interacting with the road watching the social compact increase as dogs and children and people in walkers start to take to the middle of the road and the bikes start the bikes bikers who are going too fast start to squeeze their brakes and really everyone just starts to move into this as someone described it the, the happiest place in san francisco um, and what we've created out there through the use of public art and things that sort of live in the middle of that realm like the doggy diner heads is is a smile factory is this place that you go and, and you know whether you're coming from one end or the other you start to see the murals and you see the love blocks and then by the time you get to the whale you say and there's a whale in the middle of the road and and it's just a delight uh, to witness that and then witness other parts of it that grow around it uh, like the beer garden or the coffee carts and this this really rapid but smart evolution of a public space and it, it really astounds me how important it is for us to be able to experience places that are safe and beautiful. Um, and what we are looking to do with this next couple of installations is to increase that sense of joy uh, along JFK. I think the, uh, the no dancing piece, just to let you know, we've spoken with you know, um, David Miles and the folks at the skating place, because obviously this lives in pretty tight proximity to the energy of that space. 
they love it. They think it's they it makes them smile. Uh, we we you know pretty clearly feel like if you have a big no dancing sign, you know what's going to happen in the middle of the road on JFK. Um, and these um, these peculiar sculptures that really um, sort of help us understand, I think, uh, the strange dynamic we have as humans sometimes around the divisions. Uh, but it puts us into sort of the species. You know, the dog and the rabbit aren't supposed to get along, and here they are in this forbidden love affair. Um, and I think it's a quirky piece, um, but kind of consistent with the love and joy that the doggy diner heads brought while they were out there. Uh, and as Dana has rightfully said, we, you know, and, and Dana, I give her credit, she's, she and the team are super careful about making sure we're doing things that are safe, that work in the flow of the park. And we agree that these pieces can be safely introduced into that space and not only bring joy, but also help bring an added sense, an added layer of safety to the movement of all folks along that uh, promenade. So I, I'm very grateful for your consideration um, and happy to answer any questions you might have. Great, thank you guys both so much. Um, yes, it definitely brought a smile to my face. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing how these will be when they're actually installed. Um, so I would like to open it up to Commissioner Discussion, comments, questions. Commissioner Hakimi. Yes, I'm actually very excited. <clears throat> I was in New York last month and I went downtown to the World uh, Trade Center and I saw these and I actually took a picture putting my finger in her coffee, uh, coffee cup because it was such a, I, I, you know, it engages you, it brings a child out in you. So I'm, I, I was looking them up and I'm just so glad to see they're going to be in San Francisco. So thank you for, I, I look forward to Taking pictures of them too. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Mosley, which one? Um, they're, all four? All four. All four. All four. Mm -hmm. Okay. I wanted to make sure that whale was in Series, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're sort of designed to be an interpretive walk. So okay. they're just about far enough apart that you can see one to the next and it encourages yeah. you to keep moving down down the flow. Of the and they're, I'm assuming they're, they're like, they're, they're, bronze. Bronze. they're bronze. They're burning man proof. Like, uh, yes, even more than burning that. Man. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, will they be placed like on the edge of the road? Where uh, you know, we'll we'll always remain a little flexible in this. But our intention, like the doggy diner heads, is to take a space in the middle of the road with plenty of room for emergency service vehicles mm -hmm. and the flow of folks to move around it. But but a sort of a gentle calming presence. You know, I like if you've been out there and see the whale in the middle of the road. Right you'll notice that the strollers pull into the middle of that section and people treat that as sort of a safe zone. Okay. And we think we see that occur a lot when we put things out in the middle of this road. Just want to make sure that those driverless cars are paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, uh, I guess, I guess my, my other question is um, the duration. It's, it's the one year. Okay. And possibly renewable if it's successful, or possibly renewable if it's successful. That's not part of our motion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Commissioner Beltran. Thank you, Commissioner Moosley. Reminder to say your names just so folks on the phone know who you guys are, too. Um, can you go back a couple of slides? I think there was a couple of uh, views of the no dancing. Is that just to show like different options of position? This one to the next slide. I, I think that I think we may have, you know we were we were cycling through. I would um, look at the larger ones as the example. Okay. So, so that's pretty accurate to what it would look like right there. Okay, great. 
My but it's, comment between those two would be one is slightly more centered when you're on yeah. the skate place. <laughs> we're, we're working to center it. Of course, you know, we're, we're mindful of all sorts of things like utilities sure. and, and irrigation systems and yep. so forth. So we're working closely with Rec and Park and the team there to make sure we, we safely install this place as centered as we can possibly get. Awesome. Great. And I, I wanted then to add he, um, that there are already a couple of dance organizations who intend to perform there. Could you? Uh, Sure. You know, one one Great. conversation with Brenda Way of o Oberlin Dance Company, ODC Dance Company, and her eyes lit up and her team and like, we're out there and we're going to have all the professional dance companies out there and just let us know the date when it goes live and we're all going to be out there dancing. I'm like, fantastic. This is the this is the city in which I want to live where people feel the desire to come out and celebrate together that way. Dance in the streets. Yeah. And great Instagram moments. Yes, <laughs> I already thought that. How many pictures will we see with people dancing in front of this sign? That's fantastic. Great. Thank you. Any other commissioner discussion questions? Um, just one, when, when is this going to be going up? Like, what's the timeline? Well, with, with your blessing, uh, at lightning speed. Right now, no dancing is being made. Uh, it will be out on the playa of Burning Man, and then it will be loaded into a truck. Uh, and it will, well, that team will take a little breather and break. The next stop for the for the installation is uh, on JFK, where we hope to set it up and may have it in place as soon as we'd like to get it in place before outside lands. So potentially a launch on September twenty second. It would have to be approved, obviously, by the commission. Okay, great. Seeing no other commissioner comments or questions, do we have any public comment on item number four, JFK Promenade? Let me switch the screen one second. Oh, okay. If you wish to make public comment and you're on the line, please raise your hand or press star three to be put in the queue. Take public comment in person first. There's no in-person public comment. But there's currently no hands raised, but let's give it another 15 seconds. Just a reminder, if you're online, press um, the hand button to raise your hand. And if you're on the phone, press star three to be put in the queue. There is no public comment at this time. When you're ready to make a motion, I just wanted to add a little text to the conclusion of the motion that it would be um, pending final ADA and structural engineering once the exact location is determined. Thank you. For both motions, yes. Okay, great. And we're making a note of that to add that to the motion. Thank you. All right, uh, then I would like to call for a motion on item number four. So move, Commissioner Paltrin. Second, Wesley. Thank you, commissioners. And all those in favor, say aye. 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 All opposed, say nay. Passes unanimously. Thank you, Ben. Thank, thank you, you both. For all you do. Much. Yeah, thank you for the presentation and thank you for the work that you guys are doing with the Bay Park. We're just getting started. Let's have oh, fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we are going to move forward to item number five. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and will be called on at the appropriate time. 
Item number five is the Alameda Creek Watershed. This one, we have two discussions and possible actions. First, to approve as installed the completed artwork titled Rupewa Songs of the Watershed 2023 by Walter Katundu for the Alameda Creek Watershed Center. The artwork is installed in the center's gardens and consists of a steel and glass sculpture with bench seating and a subterranean archive, as well as nine environmental audio speakers comprising an immerse, immersive sound installation. Next, we have a discussion and possible action to approve as installed the artwork titled Traveler 2022 by Adrian Arias for the Alameda Creek Watershed Center. The artwork is installed in the center's community meeting room and consists of mixed media on paper measuring 71 inches by 51 inches. I'd like to introduce Public Art Senior Program Manager Jackie Von Treskow to present the item. Jack. Thank you, Commissioner Ferris. Hi, Commissioners. We're really excited to be here today to present this project as installed. I'm also joined on the line by uh, artist Walter Contendu, who um, I'll, I'll allow some um, space at the end of the presentation to offer his comments as well. Um, for those of you not familiar with this project, a little bit of background. Um, located in Sonol on the Aboriginal homeland of the Moak Maloney tribe of the San Francisco Bay Area, the mission of the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission's new Alameda Creek Watershed Center is to educate the public about the Alameda Creek Watershed, uh, the SFPUC water system and the history and heritage of the Moak Maloney people through interpretive and interactive exhibits. The nearby Sonol Valley Water Temple, which is uh, pictured on the right there, is a 1910 Beaux-Arts landmark and marks the confluence of three sources of water flowing into Sonol Valley. Adjacent to the Sonol Water Temple is the Sonol Ag Park, which is 18 acres of land that supports small-scale sustainable farms. Uh, that provide fresh food to Bay Area communities, as well as hands-on environmental uh, education and job training. Um, in case um, some of you were not aware, there was an artist selection process that was originally conducted in 2014 for this project that had resulted in the selection of uh, an artist by the name of Mark Brusk Van Kempen. However, in late 2015, while excavating the site to begin construction of the center, Muekma Ohlone artifacts and ancestral remains were discovered on the site, so construction was immediately suspended to allow for a thorough and respectful archaeological excavation of the site on behalf of and under the supervision of representatives of the Muekma tribe. Uh, with permission from and support of Mark, the commission decided to halt further development of his uh, artwork proposal uh, to allow for the drafting of a new project plan, RFQ, and artist selection process that would honor and illuminate historic and contemporary presence of the Moakma Ohlone tribe. So together with tribal chairwoman Charlene Ninje and Monica Areo, we uh, reviewed the Arts Commission's art selection process and discussed the history and complexity of the site. We also identified the desired project goals and themes and finalized a new project art pro public art project plan. Uh, so since the inception of this project that we're presenting today, the tribe has been enthusiastically and actively involved in every step of this process from artist selection to uh, the implementation of the artwork on the site. Um, so the artwork opportunity that was established under this public art project plan was a large outdoor sculpture located on a plaza at the entrance of the center's gardens or artwork that's integrated into the center's gardens, which at the time we said could consist of sculptures. Uh, the project goals were to acknowledge the historical and contemporary presence of the Moakma Maloney tribe in the Alameda Creek watershed 
highlight the watershed's diverse natural resources and role in the SFPUC water supply system and to serve as a focal point yet be integrated with the site and surroundings. We issued the new RFQ for this project back in the summer of 2019 uh, and received uh, 219 applications, which was a huge response. At the conclusion of the review panel process, Walter Contindu and his proposal, Rupaya, Rupaiwa, Songs of the Watershed, was selected and approved by the commission in February of 2020. Uh, construction of the Alameda Creek Watershed Center restarted the following March, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Sited in Situpantak, uh, which is the Chechenya word for place of the water roundhouse, Rupaiwa, Songs of the Watershed, pays tribute to the Mwakmalone people and recognizes both their history and their continued presence and power. Taking the form of Rupaiwa, the eagle, a chief, a protector, and a creator in the Mwakmalone creation story, the sculpture represents a protector spirit, a guardian of spaces above and below ground. It is meant as a vessel, a sheltering place for reflection, remembrance, and visioning. Fabricated by Vector Custom Fabricating in Chicago, Illinois, the eagle sculpture is made from welded steel coated in a tenemic paint system. It floats in a protective posture facing Mount Diablo to the north. Its wings wrapped around three redwood benches that were hand fabricated by Walter, oriented according to the cardinal directions. Openings in the sculptural framework feature glass, laminated glass panels printed with translucent imagery taken by Walter, as well as participants in a series of watershed walks that were held in and around the center's grounds. Images in the wings and the tail offer glimpses of the surrounding watershed, artifacts that were found there, and tule reeds that symbolize shelter. Careful thought not only when it's each image chosen, but where in the sculpture it was placed. For example, pictured overhead as though looking protectively over visitors below are two Muakma ancestors, Angela de los Colos and Jose Guzman, who were interviewed speaking Trocheno in the 1920s. The resulting recordings have been critical to the language's survival. As an aside, the descriptive text featured on the artwork plaques that we'll be placing in the center's gardens will feature the, the text in both language and Chocheno, and the translations were provided generously by the Moekwa'aloni Tribe Language Committee. Below the eagle and between the benches rests an archive. Several weeks ago, members of the Moekwa'aloni Tribe were invited to ceremoniously place it, items of their choosing into the earth below, a place where so many relatives and objects were so recently removed. Sealed with a glass cover in which an eagle feather gifted by the tribe floats, the archive is, is an acknowledgement of indigenous survival and land rights amidst erasure and displacement. The objects placed in there will be protected and the earth beneath the artwork will remain undisturbed. The eagle's eyes are inset with obolescent abalone, hand-carved by Muakma tribe member Joseph Torres. Um, in addition to the sculpture, integrated in the center's gardens is a sound installation that responds to a desire communicated by the tribe to assert their continued presence and survival despite centuries of erasure and oppression. Interspersed through the gardens and locations matching their preferred habitats within the watershed are eight weatherproof speakers that suddenly, suddenly admit the voices of Muakma tribal members singing phrases in Chochenyo that have been transformed into the songs and calls of local birds. Um, I do have an example um, of one of these recordings, um, both isolated and uh, how it sounds um, as installed, which we'll play for you now.
this one here. So this first song is a recording of Maloney tribal youth member Gabriel Nim, uh, Nim, Nim, Nijme, um, uh, and one of his uh, audio recordings. Play that first. And so that gives you an example of um, how the sound installation sounds uh, when you're experiencing it in the center's gardens. It's subtle, but if you listen for it, you can hear the voices of the mem tribal members. Um, and actually, when the, um, the tribe uh, members were there to perform the ceremony, several of them wanted to record additional audio uh, because they were so thrilled uh, with the experience of hearing uh, their voices as songbirds in the gardens there. So. Um, and then lastly, we did have a two-dimensional artwork purchase for the center, uh, for the center's community reading room. Um, this is a painting by um, Oakland-based artist Adrian Arias. It's entitled Traveler. Um, when asked to describe his connection to the watershed, Arias wrote that historically water has been a constant in his life. From his childhood living in Peru to present day, he currently lives next to a creek that is a tributary of the Peralta Creek and the Salsa Creek in Oakland and that water has a real and magical connotation in his culture as a descendant of the Mochicas, which is an ancient Peruvian pre-Columbian culture. Um, the uh, painting depicts a California golden trout that is moving through water layered with a motif inspired by iconography found on traditional Ohlone woven baskets. Uh, so that concludes my presentation. I do have Walter Contindu on the line as well. If you'd like to add any comments, Walter, we'd love to hear from you as well. Walter, you should be unmuted. Can you hear us? So much for inviting me to be here. Um, thank you for that presentation, Jackie. Um, I don't know if I can add much more except to say that uh, it's been uh, one of the honors of my life to have been uh, given the responsibility to help tell the story and to and to celebrate the Moikma tribe um, in this particular place. Um, working with them has been has been brilliant. And uh, I feel really proud of the work and grateful that uh, people will get a chance to experience it soon. 
Um, and also, I just wanted to take this moment to publicly thank you, Jackie, for, for your uh, support uh, throughout this process. I feel like I am a more, more thoughtful, more capable um, arts practitioner and person as a result of our collaboration working on this. So um, thank you all. Thanks, Walter. Appreciate that. I feel the same. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you so much, Walter. Um, I can't begin to express how special and amazing this project is. Um, I wasn't back. I wasn't here back in 2014 when it started, uh, but I was here when uh, Walter was showing us this work. Um, actually, here before COVID, um, and. Your work gives me goosebumps, Walter, so thank you. I'm so looking forward to when, uh, you know, the park and the center will be open and we can visit um, both the sculpture as well as the sound installation. Um, I mean, I think what you did is so incredibly special, working with the community, working with the local tribe, um, translating their voices, I'm getting goosebumps now, translating their voices into uh, the local bird songs, and that is, unbelievably special and um, makes this this natural place um, and this part of our local history and, and uh, you know the beautiful place that we live in California even more special so thank you thank you thank you for your work Walter thank you Jackie for you know uh, for the work that all of you and the staff do uh, Walter put it perfectly we've said this time and time again how you guys really do elevate uh, the potential that artists can work towards as an artist myself I mean that is that is such a gift that you bring creative people to be able to think bigger in in the work that they're creating and especially in a public art realm so thank you jackie thank you walter thank you staff um i would like to open it up to commissioner comments and questions as well um i'll turn on my mic thank you so much chair paris i uh first of all this is commissioner jd beltran walter and uh, great to hear you again great to see the culmination of this project and I, I wanted to just comment without hesitation that this is in my now 14 years of being an arts commissioner, this is one of the most, absolutely the most brilliant public art projects that I've had the honor of overseeing. Um, and also huge thanks not only to you and your brilliance and your creativity, but also to Jackie for shepherding this um, to be fulfilled with your original vision, which uh, again, I, I, when I first heard the proposal that you would work with the um, local community and also translate the Chechenya language into bird song and also for it to you know be with this bird sculpture I was blown away <laughs> I was like wow that is the coolest thing I've ever heard and not only you know because it's preserving and highlighting that language but just in terms of conceptually its relationship to site its relationship to um, you know the nature of that space and also the history of that space and, and its culture and its peoples. I was very fortunate and I'm going to recommend this. I mean, Walter's probably spent, you know, obviously lots of time there, but the rest of the commissioners, uh, to the rest of the commissioners, I was very fortunate to be taken on a private tour by the SFPUC that is available to the public. You can just sign up for it um, of the watershed. And, and it essentially is a two-day field trip, which is wonderful to spend time in the SFPUC's cabin up right next to Hetch Hetchy. The very first stop is the Alameda Creek watershed. And so we all got off the bus and there was 
a group of about 20 of us, including members of the public and Dorka Keene, former commissioner. And, and this particular park, this particular site, which is the very beginning of the watershed, it marks the beginning with that wonderful rotunda, is a really magical place. And you've just, you know, heightened the magic, Walter, <laughs> by a thousandfold by including this piece as well and also brought it up to sort of contemporary times. So I just wanted to say thank you and, and kudos to you. This is, this is incredibly brilliant. I can't wait to see it. And I encourage other commissioners to try to sign up for that tour. I can give you the contact information with Brent to go and actually visit, you know, on that field trip and that will let you see this in person. Thank you, Commissioner Beltran. And yes, 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 please share that contact. I remember when you and Commissioner Keene uh, were going, that was actually when I was a brand new commissioner and you talked about how uh, commissioners were uh, doing that annually, correct? Um, and then COVID hit. So I have not had a chance to go, but I so look forward to it. And I am so excited to see Walter's uh, piece. And this is like a perfect, perfect opportunity to be able to go see the watershed and the piece at the same time. So thank you. Um, any other commissioner comments or questions? Um, I have one more, um, actually, Walter. One thing, and this is from your presentation um, a few years back now. Uh, you had mentioned one of the birds that uh, you used as a um, reference was the white-crowned sparrow. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. OK, awesome. Um, one of the reasons, and just on a personal note, that was very um, uh, resonated with me. Um, the white-crowned sparrow is native to San Francisco as well, and it has slightly different dialects depending on how far you go uh, down or up the coast um, and around the Bay Area. So it's the same bird, same call, slightly different dialect. Uh, depending on where you're from. And I grew up listening to that bird. That's one of my, um, like my spirit animals. So, so thank you, Walter. I really uh, um, appreciated you in including that local bird. Yeah, thank you. One of my dreams for the work is that um, those birds that do pick up slight changes in their song um, and evolve their songs over time, if one was foraging at the Watershed Center, maybe they would pick up a slight variation because their song was being um, sung by someone in Chochenyo, and then maybe they would take that new version um, out to the rest of the of the world along their journeys. And so, thinking about the language, um, entering into the landscape in that way is a it's sort of a quiet dream that I have for the work that I may not ever be able to prove um, exists. But I feel very grateful that I've had the chance to create that possibility. Oh, that's so cool. Goose bumps again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I could actually see that happening uh, in terms of the birds hearing the call. And then, you know, maybe that is more uh, the dialect that they'll have in that area. So it's so cool. Thank you again. All right. Checking for any other commissioner comments and discussion. Seeing none, do we have any public can comments? Can I just thank yes. Walter? I, I'm new. I don't know you. This is my first time seeing this project. And I just want to thank you for the thoughtfulness. This is an incredible journey. And this is what art should be doing, changing dialect. That's amazing. So thank you for all that you all have done for this. I can't wait to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, marriage of art and nature. Oh, so this is amazing. All right, uh, so do we have any public comment on item number five, the Alameda Creek watershed? All right, we have no public in person, so we'll be taking um, virtual, it's not coming. 
Hold on one second. We'll take a virtual public comment. If you are online through the WebEx app, please raise your hand. If you're calling through the phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing it more than once can remove you from the queue. Uh, just a quick note, the center will be open to the public hopefully next spring 2024, but I'll be sure to let you all know when the when the official opening is and any associated events, so you all can attend. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Field trips. <laughs> uh, quick question before that: the uh, field trips that you can take with the um, the watershed yeah. is the piece accessible, and is the sound portion on before them? Um, the sound uh, installation is currently not on. We're not going to be. It works. It's on, and we could turn it on for a visit. Um, it's not. The site's not open to the public yet. It's still uh, under the jurisdiction of the general contractor currently because oh. they're still installing the interior exhibits. But oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I don't know if they're including that on tours currently, or if the tours have started again of the water system. So I can inquire with Blair about that as well. Yeah. Great to know. Otherwise, 2024 spring. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, our screen is back up and I'm not seeing any hands, so I think we can move on. No public comment this time. Great, thanks Tara. I'd like to ask for a motion. So moved, Commissioner Beltran. Second, the Commissioner Hakimi. Thank you, Commissioners. All those in favor say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. Passes unanimously. Thanks, Commissioners. Yeah. Thanks, Tara. Congrats, Congratulations, Walter. All right, we are going to move forward to item number six. Item number six is the Portrera Yard Modernization Project. And item number six has been tabled. Oh, excuse me. Um, because it is agendized, I, I do have a commissioner comment. Sure. Wait, comment on the item number six. But it's tabled, so I don't know that we can. Actually, right. I think can we not? Move on because it's tabled? Okay. I don't think so. Sorry. Hopefully, it will be back on our table soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are moving forward to item number seven the 49 South Van S video wall project. We have several discussions and possible actions. First, to approve workers at night, the final design by Susanna. Baron for the 49 South Venice video wall project. Second, to approve the Cyclone Calafia, the final design by Xenia Barrique for the 49 South Venice video wall project. Uh, third, to approve Alcatraz is an idea, the final design by Kota Izawa for the 49 South Venice video wall project. Next, to approve Coherence, the final design by Chitra Ganesh for the 49 South Venice video wall project. And lastly, to approve Legends of the 7x7, final design by Patrick Sean Gibson for the 49 South NS Video Wall Project. I'd like to introduce uh, Program Associate Craig Kapora will be joining us remotely uh, to present the item. Hi, Craig. Good afternoon, commissioners and staff. Um, I apologize for not being there in person, but I've been dealing with a little summer cold these last few days. So um, I'll be presenting remotely. 
And um, so I'm pre presenting the final five videos out of 11 total um, for the 49 Southland S video wall projects. Last month, we approved the, for the batch of um, six videos. Um, so uh, just as a reminder, 49 South Venice is a relatively new city building that houses the per permit center and administrative offices of several city agencies, um, including building inspection, planning, public works, and record park, to name a few. The building is located uh, just a few blocks down the street from, well, where you are, not where I am, um, just before Mission Street. And Tara, if you could, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Sorry, the slideshow is frozen. Oh, okay, that's fine. So, uh, located on South NS um, in a publicly accessible room called the Pavilion, the video wall is a parabolic screen with a unique aspect ratio of 32 by 9, uh, which is two 16 by 9 screens that are installed side by side. Um, the project goals for um, all the work at 49 South NS, in which the video artists were given. Um, is to um, referencing the work performed by the various departments housed within 49 South Venice, the built and natural environment, historical, cultural, environmental, and diverse landscapes of San Francisco and the Bay Area. The five artists I'm presenting were selected based on their past work and approved by the Visual Arts Committee and full commission. Subsequently, I presented their conceptual proposals, all of which have been unanimously, unanimously approved. Um, so I think what we'll do, we'll do exactly what we did last month is I will present each video and we'll watch them. And then after we viewed all five videos, um, questions and discussion, I have um, four out of the five artists on the line too. So you could um, uh, ask them questions directly. So, um, are you ready? Okay. I will actually start with reading um, Susanna Barone's um, conceptual ideas. <clears throat> uh, the city of San Francisco has many rhythms and shifting characteristics that fluctuate in cycles. During the day, the city pulsates with energy. At night, the city is still abuzz with people, but seems even more alive than uh, the day with glowing lights breaking through the night. But after most people have gone to bed, that new world emerges. Beaming lights of the night still illuminate the city, but new lights also start to appear. Uh, an area near Needles Rock is one such place that is a nocturnal hive of activity, activity, sorry, I can't talk right now, activity where maintenance workers trickle in and out of the base of the Golden Gate, of the base of the Golden Gate Bridge. Here, the lights on their hard hats and the glow from their phones flicker like luminescent fireflies against the night sky.
Should I play the next one, Craig? Uh, yes, please. So next we'll have uh, uh, Zaina Baraka with her um, work called Cyclone Califia, uh, illustrating San Francisco as the center of progressive culture and innovation technology, innovative technology. Cyclone Califia extrapolates from California's history to depict the toppling of colonists of the new world. The images are sourced from local and international museums and organized on a bridge structure resembling the 49 South Venice building facade. The second scene represents a glimpse into a speculative future referencing human enhancement and global warming. Okay, great. Uh, next, we will be showing Kota Izawa. Uh, 
for his uh, video called Alcatraz is an idea. Uh, the video, it, it's a looped video animation showing scenes from the Alcatraz canoe journey that took place in the waters off San Francisco on October 14th, 2019. A boat journey in which indigenous peoples from all nations from up and down the West Coast and beyond participated and commemorated the 50th anniversary of the 1969 occupation of Alcatraz by Indian, Indians of all tribes. The animation shows canoes leaving Aquatic Park and paddling around Alcatraz Island. By manually redrawing the archival footage, Izawa is distilling these images to their essential colors and shapes, giving viewers the opportunity to experience the important events of our recent local history as an artwork that's freed from the patina of news and social media. Um, next, we have Chitra Ganesh um, and the word coherence. Uh, the sequence of move movements in this animation are inspired by a breath work practice known as coherent breathing, which has been developed as a synthesis of meditation and concentration practices that have roots in many ancient cultures. This breath work paired with movement aids with aligning the sympathetic nervous system and has proven very helpful in treating anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and building capacity and spaciousness within ourselves to better endure the stresses of everyday life. Screened at 49 South Venice, coherence gives an opportunity to experience coherent breathing and a possible moment of tranquility while waiting in or passing through a highly trafficked administrative space.
Okay, great. And finally, we have uh, Patrick Sean Gibson um, with the work. Is that going to play, Tara? Um, Let me try to download it again. Give me a minute. Uh, I, I could also maybe uh, share my screen. Hold on one sec. <coughs> Sorry for the technical difficulties. All right, let me try. I'll play it through SharePoint. Just give me a minute. Okay, that's what I was going to do right now, too. So I could also, um, maybe, yeah, you have to um, let's see here. Yes. Oh, oh but it actually, it won't play. Well, I'll give it a try. I was going to say, I don't think it'll pop the screen in here. Oh, okay. So, so should I should I try to share my screen or no? Give it a try. Can you see that? Um, just small. Let's see if I can make this big. Um, let me introduce it real quick. Um, for Legends of the 7x7, Gibson wanted to celebrate and highlight some of his favorite San Franciscans using his hand-painted watercolor animation technique. He chose 49 individuals who have inspired him in some way, uh, painting each six times, which is a total of 294 paintings overall. Individuals include Margaret Kilgallen, Robin Williams, Harvey Milk, Vicki Manolo-Draves, Maya Angelou, Ruth Asawa, uh, Michael Jang and Tommy Guerrero to name a few.
All right. Well, those were the uh, final five videos for approval. And um, I just wanted to say that I'm really excited about um, the, the diversity of the visuals and the ideas that all these, including the other six that I presented last month, represent. And um, I'm really looking forward to having these up in, and installed on the videos, video wall. Uh, again, we have uh, Susanna Barone, uh, Zana Baraka, Patrick, Sean Gibson, and Kota Izawa on the line for any um, questions or comments. Great. Thank you so much, Craig. And first and foremost, um, I hope you're feeling better and you're on the mend and uh, are feeling better soon. Sorry you're not here with us. Um, and thank you so much for that presentation and for our second movie night. It's just so fun <laughs> to get to see all of them finished and in motion. Um, yeah, it's really hard to visualize what it's going to look like in motion when it is a still. So thank you for that presentation. I uh, want to call for commissioner discussion and comments. Uh, yes, uh, this is Commissioner Beltran here. First of all, thank you. Craig, and thank you all of the artists who are present. And we're completely thrilled with um, this project. And it's, it's kind of a new one for us to, to be able to highlight you know, moving image and film. And so that makes it particularly exciting. Uh, one question I had, Craig, is I think um, knowing the context of these films um, that aren't always either in the credits, uh, is there going to be a QR code of some sort that would explain you know, some of the narratives that you actually told us just now, but that aren't necessarily within the film itself. Yeah, I think we're going to have some sort of Q, uh, a QR code on a kind of a, a um, an artwork plaque, like a plaque that we normally do for all of our public artworks, but we'll have a QR code that links to our website that will have um, further information uh, about each video, probably, you know, the, the same kind of length as the text I just read. Um, uh, describing each work, but yeah, it'll be linked back to our website so people can find out more information. Uh, thank you. Um, I did notice that Patrick Sean Gibson's at the end, which I think it probably one of the most important ones because those um, portraits flash so quickly did include that and it stayed on the screen for a long time, which is great. Um, and I just wanted to call out that equating artists, you know, local rock star artists like Michael Jang and Martin Vanesky, along with Joe Montana and Janis Joplin is brilliant. I love that. Mm -hmm. They should be elevated to that status. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Commissioner Musley. Uh, thank you for the presentation. I thought the work was great. I, again, following the, the last presentation and I'm amazed of the amount of time and work and effort uh, the artists put into the digital work. It does take a long time to produce what they're producing and I just wanted to acknowledge that and again thank you for uh, also um, to Zina, thank you for coming back. I know uh, last time you presented and uh, some of the commissioners wanted a little bit more sort of uh, ex you know expressing your thoughts and uh, I think you did that and you did that well and and again, thanks for the work and, and everybody else. There. And Craig, thank you for the presentation. Thanks, Commissioner thank Newsley. Any other comments or questions from commissioners? 
And seeing none, thank you again, Craig. Thank you so much to the artists for this presentation. Uh, so excited to see it actually um, installed and for um, the community to appreciate as well. So thank Great. you again. And I just wanted to um, just put it out there if any any of the artists wanted to say a few words before we um, wrap this item up. Yes. Yeah, please. Um, if you want to um, raise your oh. hand, I'll unmute any of the artists who are ready to speak. Yeah, I think, let me, um, I think Kota wanted to say a few words. I'm going to unmute you now, Kota. Um, uh, you're unmuted. Uh, can, am I audible at this? <laughs> Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't have any prepared remarks. Uh, you're putting me on the spot, uh, but <laughs> since I get the chance, uh, I wanted to acknowledge also that uh, had a, a wonderful uh, something. Give me one second. <laughs> Sorry, got that. something stuck in my throat, but I'll try to get it out anyway. I had a wonderful collaborator um, uh, by the name of Julian Brave Noisecat, who is also on the call. And Julian is the co-founder and organizer of the Alcatraz Canoe Journey that's depicted in the video. Just wanted to, um, so if you have any questions to Julian, this is also an opportunity. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any other artists that would like to um, make any statements? If so, feel free to raise your hand and we will unmute you. Looks like Allison Cummings, the senior registrar, uh, wants to comment. Allison, can you hear us? You're unmuted. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. I don't know what happened. I didn't mean to comment. <laughs> no worries. Nice to hear you. Nice to hear you, Allison. Yeah. You're doing well. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I think we're good. Uh, should we go to public comment then? Yeah, I'd like to call for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number seven, the 49 South Venice video wall project? Okay. We still do not have any public in person. So if you are listening to the call and would like to make a public comment, please raise your hand or press star three to be put in the queue. And I'm not seeing any hands, but let's wait a few more seconds. There is no public comment at this time. All right, thanks, Tara. Then I would like to ask for a motion. So moved, Commissioner Boutry. Second, Commissioner Musley. Thank you, Commissioners. All those in favor say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. The motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Thank you, artists. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to move forward to item number eight. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. 
item number eight is Pelican Park, formerly Transbay Block 3 Park. We have a discussion and possible action to approve final design deliverables by Mark Sasaki for the Pelican Park Public Art Project. I'd like to introduce Project Manager Marcus Davies to present the item. Great. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, good to see you all. Um, I'm here to present the final design uh, by Mark Sasaki for the Pelican Park Public Art Project. And Mark is joining us this afternoon, so I'll turn things over to him in just a minute. Uh, but just a quick orientation and some background on the project. The park, formerly known um, into, up until about two weeks ago as the Transbay Block 3, is part of the larger Transbay Redevelopment Project area, which was adopted in 2005 and includes 40 acres of high-density transit-oriented housing, office, and recreation space in what's referred to as the East Cut neighborhood. The park itself measures approximately one acre and is bordered by Tehama, Clementina, Main, and Beale Streets, um, a former Transbay temporary terminal lot. The park is under current, uh, currently under the jurisdiction of the Office of Community Investment and Infrastructure, with construction uh, managed and implemented by Public Works. And upon completion, ownership of the park will be transferred to recreation and parks. Just a plan view of the park. Our project artist has been working closely with the design team over the last few months to refine the locations for his three sculptures within the park's central meadow space. And I'd like to invite Mark to walk us through his final design in more detail. Mark, are you with us? We'll unmute you momentarily. All right, Mark, you're unmuted. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear um, okay, so the uh, park uh, and as well as the landscape design folks kind of Hey, Mark, we're yes. not hearing you very well. If you have, um, if you are still logged in um, with like a video, can you turn that off? I think maybe um, your internet is not, um, has too much going on or something. Uh, okay, let me log off of my video feed. Or stop the video so it's just audio. Yeah, you're just coming through kind of choppy. Okay. Marcus, what's to use that at the top? Where, I'm not familiar with this uh, platform. Wood Street. Where is it? Oh, um, <laughs> is Tahama. Mark, are you are logged into the application through the browser, or are you calling in through the phone? Through the browser. Um, okay. So there should be a video and a, and a, like a microphone mute and unmute button and a star video. But make sure your videos, it has like a red line through it. That should turn it off. I don't have anything with a video icon, just audio. All right, um, I guess just try to talk really loud into the microphone and I'll put you at max volume. Okay, I'm also, my headphones are not I'm waiting, so I'm uh, having to be closer to my computer. Is that better? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to have to hold my computer next to my face. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. So, uh, I've been working with 
and the project design team to finalize uh, light as well as the artwork placement. Um, and so here you can see uh, we have three. Uh, two will be contained with behind. There will be, I guess, a low, a low event. While the third smaller element. Um, we lost you, Mark. Um, are you are, are you able to dial in by call phone? In. Can you call in to the call in number? Let me my, yeah, let me try to call through my phone. Okay, thank you. Mark, I'm going to put the public comment screen on so you can see the phone number. Okay. The phone number is 415-655-0001. And then you'll need to enter the access code. Yeah, this is a, a larger community driven project. Yes, yeah, so yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, with that community yeah. representatives. To date, yes, <laughs> with the concept and the design, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know they've been very involved in the early kind of conception of the, the park design itself. Mark, I don't know if you can hear me. What I could do is just call you on the phone and put you on speakerphone using my microphone. Yep. Hey, I was calling the desk before our code in addition to the access code. Yeah, I, I tried to put you up to the speaker here, but we're getting awful feedback. Okay, so I'm, I called the phone number. Uh, okay, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. 266. Two, oh, there we go. Okay. It's going to try again. Yeah, we're just going to walk through the design. Yeah, perfect. Lost him. 
Okay, Mark, I think I'm just going to walk us through a couple of images that you and I looked at. Okay. Great. So this is just a, a rendering of Mark's proposal. It's three, I'll just go back here so you understand their orientation, three objects in the central meadow space of the park. They are large granite boulders banded in kind of a mirrored polished stainless steel. They are set at grade and you can see the, um, the, the in-grade uplighting that we're planning for the three objects. Um, this is, um, I forget the name of the granite, it's a locally sourced granite, um, which is um, a goal, a larger goal for the project is sourcing materials, particularly natural materials, um, as closely to the site as possible. So this is a California granite from the foothills. I like how that rendering has the person on the right side. What is that thing? Exactly. <laughs> and here, this gives you a sense of the scale. And I'll note this um, this first um, artwork that's in the foreground here is this is this rendering doesn't show it completely completely fleshed out. This is there behind where this um, central figure is standing is a, another collection of uh, stones. Um, there'll be some smaller stones surrounding Mark's artwork. Um, and this is um, kind of a tactile zone, and we are anticipating that this rock will be sat upon, if not climbed upon. So we've worked very closely with the uh, the design team and the landscape um, uh, team to make sure that uh, that there's um, ex no accessibility issues, climbability isn't a problem, and that, that we're not creating any kind of attractive nuisance or hazard here in terms of a fall zone. This is the granite. This is actually one of the boulders over at American Soil and Stone in the East Bay that Mark is um, considering. So that also gives you a sense of the scale, the color palette, the texture of the materials, and that will be um, echoed throughout the park and, and other um, stone selections um, that the larger design team and project team will be making as well, um, sourced from um, this particular purveyor as well. So there'll be, there'll be some nice um, resonance between the artwork and the larger landscaping throughout the park. Again, their placement renderings and a material sample. I'm sorry we don't have Mark connected, but I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have or relay questions to Mark that we may be able to answer for you remotely. Great, thank you. Thank you so much, Marcus. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mark. Unfortunately, we couldn't hear you, but um, we can see your beautiful uh, pieces. And um, yeah, how exciting. They're even more compelling than I remember from the last time we uh, saw this come, some, come across our table. So um, so thank you. And look, opening it up to commissioner comments and questions. Um, Marcus, could you mm -hmm. do the second slide after this? After this? Oh, after after second. So I, Commissioner um, Belton, I really love how this is accessible in the sense that you are anticipating. Thank you. That you are anticipating that people will sit on it. Um, is there uh, something in the budget or something in the plan in terms of conservation since this will actually be used? Uh, I mean, we have our, our, our conservation set aside. Uh -huh. um, and what is in the middle? It's uh yeah it's st stainless steel. Okay, so it's polished stainless steel. Okay. Cool. Right. But there is an anticipation that they will be that they that, that they will wear. Yeah, that's, and develop that's, that's a patina over time. Yeah, yeah. The guy who's looking at yeah. it is smiling. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants to sit on it. He's wondering if it's okay, and it is. It's okay, guy. Yeah. All right, any other comments uh, or questions from the commissioners? All right, seeing none, thank you again so much, Marcus. Thank you so much, Mark. Um, really exciting. Uh, I love your work, Mark, and I really I remember when this came across and talking about the play of the stone and the steel in the surrounding buildings, and I think it's uh, going to be a really nice addition to that area. So thank you. All right, checking um, for public comments. Is there any public comment on item number eight, Pelican Park? There is no public in person, so looking for public comment remotely. If you are listening via WebEx, please raise your hand. If you're listening from the phone, please press star for you to be put in the queue. Please press only once, some pressing more than once will remove you. Instructions are on the screen. And there is no public comment. Okay, move on. Great, thanks, Cara. Then I'd like to ask for a motion. So moved is Commissioner Beltran. Commissioner Kinney, second. Thanks, Commissioners. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed say nay. Motion passes unanimously. Congratulations, Mark. Great job. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> All right, I'd like to call item number nine. If you wish to make public comments on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number nine is the San Francisco International Airport Harvey Milk Terminal 1 underpass lighting project. We have two discussions and possible actions to approve revised design phase deliverables, updating, updated design by Andrea Bowers, DBA Radical Patients, Inc. for the San Francisco International Airport Harvey Milk Terminal 1 underpass lighting project. And two, to approve a contract increase with Light Bright Neon Studio LLC from 144,864 to $1,425,000, an increase of $1,280,136 for fabrication, transportation, and consultation during installation of an artwork by Andrea Bowers, DBA Radical Patients, Inc., for the San Francisco International Airport Harvey Milk Terminal 1 underpass lighting project. I'd like to reintroduce project manager Marcus Davies to present the item. Marcus. Great, thank you. I'd like to present the final design revision and subsequent fabrication, transportation, and installation consultation contract amendment for Andrea Bowers' ne ne Andrea Bowers's neon artwork for the Harbor Milk Terminal 1 at SFO. The work will be located within the exterior underpass of the terminal's arrival level and will span the entirety of the terminal deck, which you can see here. and in these early conceptual renderings, just giving you a sense of the artwork. Um, as cited, it's the concept and the scale. So with the conceptual design originally approved in 2019 and additional design development approved in 2021 and 2022, the project has been challenged by increasing and projected material and labor costs as well as amplified costs specific to inert gases used in neon production coming through, 
from and through Ukraine. To address these increases, the Arts Commission asked the artists to revise the artwork design with a targeted overall 25% reduction in lighting elements. And as a result, Andrea focused on the removal of 28 linear bobby pin shapes, each measuring approximately eight feet long by eight inches wide. And I'm gonna zoom in here and highlight those. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, it's, it's small, but to kind of give you a sense of the overall reduction. Uh, so these are what she's referring to as the bobby pin elements again, again, about eight feet long by eight inches wide. And there are 28 of them spanning the design, the entire arc of the design. So by eliminating them, that got us to about that overall 25% reduction in, in uh, materials and associated labor, electrical costs, insulation costs, bringing the project budget back down uh, within a feasible range. Um, I wanna show you, this is kind of the, the previously approved design, and then um, again, it's, it's small, but I wanted to show you the entire arc um, with the bobby pin elements removed. Again, they would be and of flanking these other neon elements from end to end throughout the arc. Is that what the after removed? Yes, and I can toggle back and forth and kind of just squint at it. Um, but we felt like the, the, in, it, during a internal, internal review with SFO and in speaking with the artist, we feel like there's an, enough remaining um, art and art elements that it doesn't have um, a negative aesthetic impact on the piece overall. Again, this is the before. So the bobby pin shape is probably best seen at the ends here. And this is the artwork after their removal. So the center that the, the larger neon elements remain, the central marquees at each exit remain, or the primary exits, I should say, remain. The disco balls, all 20 of them, um, remain as, as do the spotlights associated with the disco balls. Um, just showing you the comparison, uh, I said both Arts Commission staff and the SFO project team are in support of the change and are eager to move the project into the fabrication phase. Um, which brings us to the next, the next um, uh, possible action, second possible action, uh, which is the final contract amendment for the project fabricator, Lightbright Neon Studio, who is under direct contract with the city for design work, mock-up production, fabrication, transportation, and consultation during uh, installation of the artwork. This amendment addresses current cost increases and projected cost escalation over a 24 to 30 month uh, production period and allows for substantial project completion in Q3 of 2025 or Q2 of 2026. That was our last, oops, sorry, that was our last slide. So again, I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. I, I did have a question. Please. Um, is, is, is that a typo, or is the budget increasing by? That's, yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, that's correct. <laughs> so, could you talk about that? Yeah, we, we'd always in, anticipated a significant increase as originally budgeted, um, but again, this is the result. I mean, the the, the, the timeline of the project is such um, that you know we have run up, up against uh, material uh, escalation, you know, cost escalation there during um, COVID supply chain issues, and then the war in Ukraine has not helped at all. Um, labor and overhead costs for the fabricator um, have also increased and continue to increase. And given the span of the project, 
um, you know, fabrication taking place over the next two to two and a half years. Um, we had to anticipate increased costs during that time. So Mary, what was the original cost of the so, commission? And I think just a note, mm -hmm. I think that the original 144864 was not for the entire scope of the project. It was for the design element of the project. And the mock-up, that's correct. So this doesn't, it's not kind of a one-to-one -one ratio that we're looking at. Um, Marcus, can you remind us originally what bright, uh, Light Bright Neon Studios' original budget was? It, uh, before this kind of change, because it was much greater than the 144. Right. There was no way she was going to fabricate no, all was, of this with 144. It, it was approximately 800. Okay, that, that, I'm sorry that I didn't I didn't make that better, have that number. That actually yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think. Um, yeah. Mary, that's your. Could, if I could clarify. actually suggest just for the record mm -hmm. uh, um, that. This be modified. Sure. This number be modified because it just uh, it's you know it just raises all these flags because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it, it literally looks like a tenfold increase. Right. And I yeah. Actually, yeah, I don't feel comfortable yeah. with this proposal on okay. record mm -hmm. to take a vote for a right. one point two million yeah. increase at a time where city is going down. Mm -hmm. Because so please clarify that because okay. I can't take a vote on that. Okay. I personally, I just. Because I'm new to this, I'm looking at it's like, this can't be a 1.4 million project from 144,000. Yeah. Right, it would be from the 8, 8, the yeah, that, 800 that estimated, right, right, and again, I... And can I ask, when was this originally approved, which is now you're seeing all the so how long of a period this increase has happened? Over this, since 2019, over the course of the various yeah. stages of the project and its development. So four years ago, right? And that makes four sense. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I would make the suggestion, and I would love also um, Chair Ferris's uh, advice, is that perhaps we um, table this until this can be corrected, and then we bring it up at the next full commission meeting, so we wouldn't have to wait till the next visual arts commission meeting and have the modified version with the right figures in there. Yeah, I wonder actually if we can. So I'm not sure if we can do this or not, but I think the 144 needs to be just specified, clarified in parentheses as this was design only contract. So I, I, I don't think that's going to be enough. I think it needs to be apples to apples. And right now it's apples I, to oranges. If somebody looks at this in 10 years yeah. from now right. and we approve the $1.2 million right. without explanation, mm -hmm. I don't want to be on record with that. Okay. Well, then I think I need to, to Think about how best to word that so it is yeah. clear in the yeah. in the motion. That, that would be great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Can I ask for another clarification? Twenty five percent actually. So, so what was the original price that they reduced? Can we have that in there? They said they actually revise it to reduce it by twenty five percent. So this is after twenty five percent reduction on the cost and all that. That's correct. Although we didn't, we don't have the 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 pre twenty five cost. As current as it would be now. I mean, yeah. So they, they, increased, they decreased it. I'd like to put that on record. Yes. The price was actually yeah. more and that, negotiated less. Yes, per the design, the, the design, um, the reduction in the overall design. Yeah. It looks great. Don't get me Yeah, it looks like it does. Well, yeah, yeah. But I just, you know, the, this needs to be clear. Sure, and the scope of it is, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay. very substantial. Yeah, we'll just clarify mm -hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you, Marcus. I'm, well, for the record, I'm, I'm just glad nobody touched the disco balls. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, me they too. Remain. Yeah. Me too. They remain. You can still dance. There's some Thank you for that verification, Marcus. So I'll bring, I'll bring that back. It was a little confusing. Sure. So we'll just take super shock for a second. A discussion and motion for the, for the first one and the second one will take the second. So the first one, we can still pass. Because the first one is um, about the updated. Oh, for the, if you could separate them, yeah. Separate them instead of, or what do you think, Mary? When is it designed? Yeah. 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 I think we, I think we can take the first one yeah. separately. Mm -hmm. So we will take uh, the so nine point one. We'll we'll discuss and nine point two is tabled. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we will take nine point one as our discussion. And possible action 9.2 will be tabled. Do we have any other um, discussion about 9.1? Um, I agree that uh, I am very appreciative the disco balls made the cut. Um, I think that is uh, an important element to the overall design. Um, do you happen to have a uh, mock-up picture like you had a few slides ago that shows before and after as well without the pins? I, I don't. That would that would require significant rendering. Okay. Yeah. I think it, um, it, it looks like from the new design or the it looks like the continuity is still there. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. just a bit of less but uh, it, it didn't shrink in size. Mm -hmm. So I think it still delivers the, mm -hmm. you know, the job with That's just good. less neon but it looks great. Yeah, yeah, we were still. The goal was to to still really <laughs> inhabit the space and the arc end to end. Right. And Marcus, mm -hmm. can you tell us just a little bit about uh, two things? One, where the extra money is going to come from? Um, I understand it's from other projects that had um, extra that can be used and reallocated towards this. And then also how the maintenance of um, the piece will work. Mm -hmm. Well, we'd be looking, Mary, yeah. to chime in, but we'd be looking to the larger T1 budget. Yeah, we have um, we have remaining funds funds from past projects that have been unspent that we can actually contribute to this project with SFO's review and approval, um, so that we we do have the funds available for the increase in this budget. And then, in regards to maintenance, um, you know, this is a significant piece. <laughs> there are moving parts like a disco ball. There will be, of course, maintenance um, that we will need to have on this project in particular. Um, but I have to say, if there's any place that this project can take place, it would be at the airport because we have a really great relationship with the airport museum. We actually work with staff at the museum to help us to maintain the artwork that is in our collection that's located at SFO. And they're at the site, they're, you know, um, they are able to mobilize in a quicker way than we can going down to SFO. We also have a maintenance agreement, an annual maintenance agreement with SFO, where um, they give us funds in order to maintain the works in our collection. And of course, we have the 10% set aside that we have for our projects for the ongoing conservation of work. So, um, so with that, we feel like we are well equipped. And also to say that the museum staff has been involved in our discussions regarding the design of the project because obviously when this is installed, we want it to be able to be maintained. So they're able to provide feedback and comment on the design that's going to 
better help us, you know, be successful in maintaining this work. And we've been working closely with them from the outset of this project, from, from selection to concept to through the design phase. Um, we will be purchasing attic, attic stock of all these neon elements. Okay. So included in the cost. Mm -hmm. um, and we have gone through a number of mock-up exercises, the last of which uh, remains on site as a passive mock-up um, at the request of the SFO museum team. Um, so it can be observed over time. It's been out there for just about a year now um, in a public space um, on and off and um, just to see how it behaves over time, what its maintenance needs may be in terms of cleaning and um, accumulation of any kind of automobile particulate, what it's like to change a neon bulb as needed. So that's, that's um, been and is continues to be demonstrated on site. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, I did want to add that you may want to consult with Jill Manton because the neon piece that is on um, mm -hmm. the other building on Polk Street, I guess it's off of Polk Street, that has actually required, I mean, it's outdoors, so it's different in that sense, but it's actually required maintenance and it's not fully working now. So I, it does seem like neon itself is can be a very high maintenance material, um, just to be prepared for that. But I, I also think that because it's indoors, it already has a huge advantage. It's, it's not, in, not indoors, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Is. This is a good, actually, this is a perfect picture. But here you can just right. take a peek at this sure. and just see the road, the roadway. The yeah, line. but, you know, the, the stuff that, um, the Joseph Pazuzu peak is on the side of a building. Mm -hmm. So it's like directly in the elements. So this is somewhat protected. So. That's the hope. Yeah. And we've been, um, you know, the, the careful negotiations over the hang height right. of both the neon itself and the disco ball and the neon. Um, is housed, these larger marquee pieces um, are housed within a kind of a, a painted aluminum, kind of recessed in this larger painted aluminum piece um, that actually if you, there was any impact um, between somebody carrying out an object, mm -hmm. you most likely get the lip of that housing before the bulbs themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. And then my last suggestion is, is I, I know I'm Volunteering Commissioner Muesli, but that we have an opening disco party uh, to launch the piece of work, and then we can see your dance moves. <laughs> we got a ways to go, a road to hoe, but um, yes, I'll make yeah, that a part of the airport. Um, the, when, when you say budget, just to understand the process. Uh, budget from airport projects or just from. Airport, yes, past airport projects. Yeah. So these are funds that would be dedicated to art or to conservation, um, not other funds. <laughs> and and I, I just have to laud the uh, public art program, Susan and Mary. Um, they um, have managed the SFO budget super well. Is when we no, you have because I've you know I've just witnessed over the years when we've had issues like this come up or maintenance. Um, there always seems to be a surplus <laughs> to take care of them. Yay! You know, which isn't true with other budgets. So. This is probably the biggest neon project yeah. the city has seen since mm -hmm. the last built theater. <laughs> you know, like we just mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an art form that's yeah. doesn't and mainly in decline, mm -hmm. and it's amazing. I mean, it is it is kind of making of a comeback with artists are using more neon. And this display just really brings it back. It's such a cool thing to see that. What terminal is that? This is Terminal 1, Harvey Mountain Terminal. And I would encourage you to, um, to 
Google, um, Lightbright, Neon, they, they work almost exclusively with artists. They're in the boutique Neon shop um, on the East Coast, and this is what they do, and they're the best in the business. So that's why we're working with them. Our airport is number one already. I can't imagine what we're going to be after that. Yeah. We're going to go by Yeah. Really? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Number number X. <laughs> no, I don't we'll, know. We'll create our own number. <laughs> yeah, T1's going to compete with T2 yeah. and T3, that's for sure, yeah. for attention. Uh, thank you, Commissioners, for your comments. Thank you, Marcus, yeah. for the information. Okay. And just to add, um, all of our dance moves, Commissioner. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I wore my dance shoes. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any other commissioner comments or questions for this amazing project? And when is our estimated um, installation? What did they say? Uh, yeah, it'd be the third quarter of 2005, or 2025, or second quarter of 26. Okay. Well, 2026. Um, great. All right. Opening. Seeing no other commissioner comments or questions, I'd like to call for public comments. Is there any public comments on item number nine, San Francisco International Airport, Harvey Milk Terminal One underpass lighting project? No public in person. If you are listening via the WebEx, please raise your hand if you have public comment. If you are calling into the phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. And uh, we'll give it a few seconds. There is no public comment at this time. Great, thanks, Tara. All right, then I'd like to ask for a motion. Um, oh. on 9.1 as we are tabling 9.2 so a motion for 9.1 so moved commissioner Daltron. second the commissioner Hakimi. thank you commissioners all those in favor say aye aye, aye. all those opposed say nay motion passes unanimously thank you all thanks, thank you marcus all right, so let's call item number 10. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand via the queue and will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number 10 is the staff report. If we have a discussion, I'd like to introduce Civic Art Collection and Public Art Program Director, Mary Chu. Thanks, Commissioner Ferris. Um, first of all, I would like to extend a warm welcome to our new staff member, Rebecca Rodriguez. <laughs> Um, she is the new project manager for temporary art and activations. It's a new position in the Arts Commission, so we're very excited about that. She is an artist, a curator, and a cultural producer based in San Francisco. She comes to us from YBCA, where she was the director of community partnerships. And so in her new role, she will be managing the Street Smarts program. She will be managing the temporary public art program at Patricia's Green. And um, as well as the temporary public art project approvals that Jill currently brings to us is going to transition to Rebecca and a number of hopefully new temporary public art projects that we have coming up. So we're very, very excited to welcome Rebecca onto the team um, and 
I don't know. I don't want to put you on the spot, Rebecca. If you wanted to say anything, you're welcome to. I'm sure you'll not. You'll be hearing from Rebecca soon. Absolutely. <laughs> welcome. We're so thrilled to have you. Part of our team. Um, Rebecca, then, by the way, I've known Rebecca for a very long time. Oh, She's a rock star. Yes. We're very excited <laughs> to have her on board. <laughs> oh, I did have a quick question. So will will your purview include the temporary public art installations on Civic Center Plaza? Yes. So that's currently Jill. Uh, right. Jill right. kind of manages that. Right. We don't have a, a steady stream of funding right. for projects like that. But yes, in the event that these projects do come up, the intention is for Rebecca to be managing those projects. So Fantastic. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, my next um, announcement is a reminder to commissioners of the Gene Friend Recreation Center Public Art Project, which was, I think the project plan was presented at the last Visual Arts Committee meeting, um, is going, the RFQ is posted. Um, as a reminder, it's an integrated wall opportunity in the gymnasium, as well as a 2D public art, uh, 2D program. So it's a purchase of two-dimensional pieces. The goal of the project is to illuminate the rich history and diversity of San Francisco's Soma neighborhood, um, in particular the Filipino Cultural Heritage District, and to lift the center up as a destination and a proud neighborhood asset. The deadline is September 18th um, for submissions uh, on Slide Room, and I just want to lift up that there is a workshop for artists who are interested in applying on August 30th at 5.30. It's a, um, it's going to be a virtual workshop, so artists can uh, log in remotely for that. And so if you know of any artists are interested, please do um, let them know and uh, let them know about the workshop as well. Okay. Yeah, we're happy to do that. Yeah, happy to do that. And then um, the last kind of small presentation that I had that Tara is bringing up is basically a review of how commissioners and when commissioners are approving projects throughout the development of a project. So starting from project plan through artist selection and then through the development of the entire project. And it's really, you know, um, for commissioners that are more new to our process and our program to kind of help provide some feedback and guidance for you know, when we approve certain things and what's helpful in terms of commissioner discussion during those approvals. Mm -hmm. So just starting out first with, you know, when we're starting a new project. Oh, we asked Craig. I know. I like, <laughs> 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 Thank you, Tara. So the first time really a project comes to the Visual Arts Committee is during the project plan phase. And you saw this during the Gene Friend uh, Recreation Center project that came last time. We're presenting essentially what's a two-page document that provides background on the project, the artwork goals, the artwork opportunity, the budget, the selection process and scoring criteria, and the estimated timeline. And so when we present this to commissioners, you know, the review and discussion can be questions that you have about the project overall, the goals, the opportunities, the budget, the outreach, essentially all the elements of that plan that we're bringing to you. And, and then we're happy, you know, sometimes we have the client on the call, um, sometimes we don't, but, you know, this is following a lot of work that the project manager has done with the client in order to come up with a plan. 
And the plan is vetted by the client before it comes to the visual arts committee. So we're in alignment with the client about what that plan is. So we would answer any questions, you know, commissioners will ask us questions about the plan and we would answer any questions they have, take any additional things into consideration if needed. So um, thank you so much, Mary. I'm so glad you're doing this. Uh, one of the things I just wanted to insert here is the, the pre between that um, project planning and that Magenta Square. And that is sort of a clear understanding, particularly given um, Commissioner Hockney's uh, um, question earlier. And that is that um, the way that the staff comes to those sites is dependent on the money's coming so from. So for example, when we have um, you know, a public art project that comes up because of the, um, the 2% versus, let's say, SFO. SFO is doing a new addition, and then your team would get together and figure out and work with SFO staff as to the, what you call the opportunities, right? Right, right. Um, and that comes before. Um, That's right. Planning. That's during project planning. Right. And then the culmination of that, when we're like, this is, mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do regarding the art, then we put it in the project plan, and that project plan then comes to you all for your review and your approval before it goes to the full commission. So that's basically the first step. The first time you see a project is at that point. Um, the next time that, and, and so at that time, um, this is when a commissioner is then selected to serve on the panel, the artist selection panels. And so I put it in slightly different colors because this is not necessarily visual arts committee approval, but it is important because this is when a commissioner selected to serve on the panel. And this is really where the more in-depth review of the artist's qualifications and the conceptual proposal takes place. So the commissioner, I think you have all served on um, panels. The commissioners um, will, you know, you review the artist's past work. You're voting on that based on the criteria that is indicated in the project plan and the RFQ. Um, typically, it's artistic merit, relevant skills and experience, and appropriate to the project goals. The next time you review it, it's going to be at the review panel too, when you're looking at all of the conceptual design proposals that the artist has prepared, that the three artist finalists or four artist finalists have prepared, and you're looking at it and scoring it with the panel on artistic merit, usually appropriate to project goals, summary of public comments, feasibility, and maintenance. And so this is really the opportunity for the commissioner who's serving on that to be involved in these discussions, to talk with the panel. You know, we do this panel process because there's a lot of stakeholders that are involved. You know, you have community members, arts professionals, you have the client, and then of course you have our commissioner. So this role that the commissioner plays is a critical role because you're part of that discussion, you're part of that decision making. So moving on to the next. Oh, before you do, oh. I just wanted to call out that. Oh. Yeah. Uh, when you were, when um, Mary or whoever the arts, uh, the, the art staff is, commission staff is, that's presenting the project plan, they frequently will ask which commissioners might be interested in serving on the panel. Yeah. Um, which is a great thing, I, I know. And then you might, because of either where it's cited or because of the subject matter, say, yes, could you please like consider me to be on this panel? Yeah. So that gives you an opportunity to, um, when, when it's presented at the plan stage, to be able to participate. Yeah, and it is uh, Chair Ferris's role to also, if nobody's kind of on yeah. answer, 
to you know, select a commissioner. If there's two people, she's the kind of the, the person who makes a decision about who is an appropriate person to serve on that panel. Or, or rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the next step then is, uh, oh, I do want to pull this out. So these are things that are in our guidelines, right? And this is like, after, like, what can the panel call for after these different reviews take place? And so um, these are the list of kind of options that are in our guidelines currently. And so the panel at any of one of these either qualification or review panels, they can determine that the candidate pool has an insufficient number of qualified candidates and decline to select an artist or finalist. They can determine that none of the proposals meet the project criteria and decline to make a selection. They may recommend that the finalists be asked for further clarification or redesign. The panelists may recommend that another group of finalists be selected. Um, so the panel can make these um, recommendations but these recommendations then do have to come to the Visual Arts Committee for approval before proceeding. Uh, can I ask a question? That's what, so that's what, like the, the panel I sat on, the poster series, for example, that I sat on. Yes. So that's what, we have the option to actually, the panel, if, if they the panel, don't qualify, yeah. they find the work to be, yeah, if you feel like it's change. not appropriate, the, whatever the conceptual designs were that were approved, you know, that are up for discussion, are not, you know, don't follow the project criteria, um, then the panel collectively can make a recommendation to the Visual Arts Committee to say, you know, one of these. Yeah. What if one, what if um, the commissioner uh, didn't feel that, you know, it's, it's fitting, but the rest of the panel is, uh, can one person well, it's it usually a, it's a, a vote about. It can um, be a consensus. Yeah, about it's a vote about who comes to the top. But if there's an overall consensus among the panel yeah. that this is not a good direction moving forward, then we would, you know, we would bring that recommendation to BAC. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that. My understanding was the staff has already made decision, and we don't get to. So I just wanted to thank you. For no, that's that, that's not true. Because my understanding no, was no, staff has done yeah. their job, selected the best possible, and that's what we're. Well, the, I, I think um, there's a nuance there in the sense that staff does do an initial screening, but usually the screening is, you know, of quite a number of artists um, in terms of, you know, enough for the commissioners to have a selection panel, um, and they they save time in the sense of you know recognizing that certain artists may have submitted something that really doesn't meet some of the standards or isn't fulfilling all of the requirements of the site or whatever for whatever reasons, but giving us um, the strongest candidates to make us, you know, have a good body of people to make a selection from. But, and sometimes, you know, like numbers one, two, and three, I have, you know, certainly been involved in panels where even when we get qualified people, um, or, or even when we get a number of people, we'll take a look and, and nothing seems to fit, or maybe two of the 20, and that's not enough. Um, and so then we would just usually just start the process over again. I have a, uh, sorry. Yeah. While we're on this, because uh, I thought of something last time when, when the, the Gene, um, the community center. Yeah, Gene friend. Okay, so this could relate to it because I remember uh, a few of us had some comments about sort right. of the direction. Of, right. Like from from yeah. the beginning, right? So, if I understand this, um, are we saying here that? 
those doesn't matter, you know, if, if that's the, if there's the, 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 the stakeholders agreed already on what they want. Um, so does it make a difference if we think this is going, if, you know, we have some opinions about, you know, does it, you know, I, I just remember we had different opinions last time. Yeah, and I, I do remember that discussion, and there were some questions about why we selected that particular location. There were some concerns about the location and why. And I think that we, between the project manager for Arts Commission and then also the Breckin Park project manager, there is an explanation about the why um, for why those particular uh, that why that particular location was selected over others and why others that were proposed by the Arts Commission may not be the best approach. Um, so I think we provided some context in around that decision making um, that it seemed like commissioners then were re uh, you know, ready to then approve the project plan that was, was presented. Yeah. So that was my understanding of that yeah, yeah, kind of discussion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just a note too that um, staff doesn't individually review all the applications. Uh, we have a qualification panel, so it's not one person reviewing everything. We do have a panel. It does usually consist of a staff person, but it has to have at least two applicant <coughs> people, and those are usually arts professionals. And so um, we do do that initial screening <laughs> of applications, which can be a pretty lengthy process, because you're reviewing like two to 300 applications sometimes to come up with a short list that then comes to the larger panel. And this is to save time, you know? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work to go through that. And so um, that, you know, we don't need the larger panel. We don't need everybody on board to review all of those applications. So just a, for some context. Uh, okay, so next slide. Um, it does then, the concept and the artist that is approved, as you all know, does come to the Visual Arts Committee for review and approval. And then, um, you know, we would be describing like the, the, you know, the concept that was approved, uh, and it's approved based on these criteria that we just talked about in the review panel two process. And really, you know, we would be responding to any questions that the arts commissioners have about the artist concept design as it relates to the selection criteria that's listed above. And so oftentimes, you know, we're approving conceptual design here and we're asking the commissioners to approve it. Um, just to note that sometimes there are recommendations that commissioners may make um, for the artist's further development of their work beyond conceptual design that we can take back to the artist. And sometimes panels at times will also make those recommendations. But I do want to note that when we're approving the conceptual design, we are approving the design. So we're not expecting any huge changes to be made to the design once the concept is approved. Um, so next slide. So this is this is also in our guidelines, and this is what the Visual Arts Committee can do when the artist concept is proposed. When the artist concept comes to the committee for review and approval. So these are the same criteria, but there's additional ones. Like they can reject the panel's recommendation. They can develop a new program. They can convene a new panel. They can totally abandon the project and rescind previous approvals. So the commission does have a lot of authority, the Visual Arts Committee and then the full commission in terms of this final selection and approval of that final selection. Has that happened very often? Has it ever happened? So, 
There is one major instance when that has happened that I don't really want to talk about. That instance which will not be named. Yeah, let's not talk about that. So, um, so yes. Okay. Okay. So moving on to the next one is, so now we have the artist concept that's approved. And really our project de development is we enter into contract with the artist which can be quite an undertaking in and of itself and take many months. And then we follow the same type of process essentially as like a construction project where we take the artist to design development. And this is the further development of the design beyond the conceptual design approval. Um, and then the next phase is final design. So this is after design has been approved by the commission, then we move the artist into final design, which is construction documents, it's all the engineering that's required integration with the site itself there may obviously be changes to the design based on that review. They're looking at the budget, they're trying to figure out how to make the project fit within budget. So then we bring that back to the commission for review and approval. Then, presumably, we're ready to proceed with fabrication. So the work is fabricated, it gets installed, and then we bring the work back, as Jackie did today with the uh, Tindu piece, where we're proving the work as installed. And so, there should be, at that point, no significant changes to the artwork design and what was approved at final design. And then the final step is really accessioning the artwork into the collection. And so that's when we formally give it an accession number and bring it into the Civic Art Collection. And we have the as installed and the accessioning as two different points because sometimes there can be a gap, a period between it, when it's installed and when we actually accession it, we have to collect a lot of documentation and make sure we have all the records in place before we accession it. So the pink areas are where we bring it back, right, to the commissioners for review and approval. So, you know, I put a little star there next to design development and final design just to say, you know, as, a, as the um, commissioners are reviewing what's presented at design development, um, we're really addressing any kind of revisions that have been made to the project since approval of conceptual design. So you're not going back and saying you need to change the concept because it's already been approved. But it's changes that have been made, maybe requests that have been made, and then we do like to have the artist. If we feel like there's some kind of maybe concern that commissioners have, we do like to have the artist on call so they are able to answer and respond directly to any questions that the commissioners may have. The same thing goes for final design construction document phase. So this is really any changes that have been made since design development was approved. And so this just really helps us like kind of direct the conversation, I think, from commissioners and be able to move the project forward in a way that's more kind of seamless and brings it step to step. And I wanted to just um, have a good example, and that is that uh, there have certainly been instances where the artist will present a concept and then once the concept and design is realized, there's a disconnect. <laughs> I remember like one of the first projects I had, um, I forget, it was at, it was at one of the uh, parks, uh, but it was early on in my tenure as a commissioner and it was for a very large fish. And the, I don't know if any of our staff was involved in it at that point, because this was like a long time ago. And we were looking over the final design um, and all of the commissioners agreed it did not look like a fish. So <laughs> we actually sent the art, sent the design back 
to the artist to revise it because the concept was it was supposed to look like a fish and didn't look like a fish. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that will happen. You know, many times the artist's presentation of their concept might dif differ with their eventual execution of the project. And it's, you know, it's our role to make sure that there's, a, there's not that kind of disconnect that happens. They made it look like a fish. <laughs> so we approved it. <laughs> okay, I think that's awesome. that's it. Yeah. So um, thank you. This is helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I, I think part of the disconnect has been as a new commissioner yeah. where my boundaries are. I don't want to judge the art as an art specialist, but I want to also be mindful that as commissioner, my my audience are the people of San Francisco who need to understand and appreciate the art. All this work goes in it, you want to have a good reaction. And I, we had an incident which I found complicated, and I thank you because in retrospect, I would have been more vocal about my concerns. I, I just didn't know what my mind was. And I say the constructive when I know. So that, yes. And I, I appreciate the artists are here because that makes a difference to actually engage them and make yes. sure they can improve the issues yes. that might come up. So thank you. You're welcome. This is a really helpful because I was a, there was a, there was a one time um, when we were reviewing the Forty Nine Venice, and I just remember um, some of the commissioners were telling the artists what what how to do their art, and I just remember that moment because we realized like okay I don't think this is part of our job. Well, I I knew this wasn't my job because I would never tell an artist. You know, my job is to. We agree on a concept as a committee, right? right? Or we agree on what we're going to do, like, you know, as you walk this through the thing. So there is also a limit of what we going to tell the artist, or, you know, once once things are agreed on, you know, yeah. or, or if there's a, an opinion. I mean, I thought that was more of an opinion situation that we had, right? And it wasn't a bad opinion, but it's just an opinion. It doesn't mean everybody else agrees on it, right? So I think this helps like. Yeah. And I do think, you know, it's more useful to artists because uh, artists to, if they're say, to pose it and to ask them to come up with a solution. If you see that there's an issue, you know, it's telling them what you feel the issue is, but not telling them how to fix it. Right. Having, I mean, this is why we have artwork. <laughs> and artists create art for public spaces and this is what they do. So I think really, you know, there will be questions and you know that you're going to have, but really the way that it's addressed is not really telling artists what to do, but really you know, posing this, this is how I'm seeing it and how they would respond um, either by explanation of their process or if they might consider, you know, how they could change the artwork to reflect this concern. So again, and I don't mean to extend this discussion, but I did want to give a great example and I think was it Marcus who was involved? Who was the program staff who did the upside down landscapes at the airport? Do you remember? Susan. That was Susan. Susan did that. Oh, she took over. Um, that was a, a very complicated project because the original proposal of the artist, uh, first of all, I think it's one of the most brilliant pieces of the airport because it's, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's essentially all of these islands that have upside down landscapes. And the original proposal, in the original proposal, the artist had actually proposed tubing right. between, you remember, yeah. right? <laughs> tubing between all of them, making the design incredibly busy <laughs> and also just incredibly complicated in, in terms of execution and materials. 
And we finally actually sort of, we, in a discussion with the artist, both about the aesthetic and, and it was still keeping with her concept of it, we finally got rid of them. To, I think, to the artwork's huge benefit because um, it, it was going, those elements of, and she wanted to connect them sort of like visually and storytelling wise, and that was her reason for the tubing. But we thought that that actually weakened the, the piece. Um, and so, you know, and that's a, a, an aesthetic choice. And we ended up being able to come to a conclusion. I'm glad that you were there, Mary, so you can yeah. talk about this, where we simplified it in so many ways in terms of the execution, the materials, and the concept, but it was still there um, and made the piece so much stronger. Yeah. So I just did want to do, like, put in one last note that, you know, the, the process has been developed over time to, especially with the panel process, to really, like, by the time we get to the point of having the panel recommend a concept, um, a lot of thought and work has gone into that. And so, and you all, commissioners may all know that. So while these options are there and they're there to be, you know, exercised by the commission, just wanted to provide that context that there is, there has been a lot that goes up until that point and starting over a process is a thing. Oftentimes we are up against the schedule, construction schedule. The process that I outlined here is basically six to eight months of, you know, of work in terms of the RFQ. And so, that's why we do have a commissioner serve on the panel to be part of that process and we have these reviews that take place in the meantime before it comes to um, BAC for conceptual design approval. So, you know, just wanted to lift that up. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> yeah. When, it, when, it doesn't, session. when it doesn't work, you know, it's staff time and money that's gone by, you know, so that's why there is such a careful attention to making sure that you know things are on track because yeah. you know, the last thing you want to do is essentially have a failed 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 proposal. Okay, that's it for my you. staff report. Thank you, Commissioner. Yeah, I was going to present it last month, but then next time we'll do some people are not here too, so I'm like, hey, I've got to present it sometime. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Mary. And yeah, I agree. If there's a way that we can share it with our um, other BAC commissioners, I'm sure they'd appreciate that as well. <coughs> yeah. There's talk of, you know, a Cliff Notes version yeah. of the packet that we get for onboarding. I think this was a great first step yeah. um, to, towards that. So thank you so much for all that information. Um, I do also want to comment on something you had mentioned, Commissioner Beltran. Yes, commissioners, and I will be sure to tell our other commissioners, by all means, if you guys are excited about a certain panel, please tell me. You can tell us at the meetings, like has happened. You can email me or text me privately and let me know. I think even better yet is to email me and the project manager at the same time so that you can express your interest and then we can just get that conversation moving in terms of um, who will be selected for the panel. So, yeah, so thank you. Um, can I clarify that slide first? Um, a lot of stuff that I see are already happening in progress or already beyond that. Um, I, like, I don't see, uh, there was no panel, a project coming up this, this session. So I just want to make sure some of us might not be as quick to know which one's actually in the process of a panel. So if you can point that out to us. It's pretty clear when it's presented. It's usually yeah. when the project plan comes on. Yeah, yeah and that's when we start doing the selection, you know, start asking about a commissioner to serve. Yeah. 
I, I think for some reason just the timing of when you joined the commission, we haven't had as many brand new ones. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it will come up at the meeting. Usually the project manager just in the presentation will say, and I need someone for the panel, so yeah. you kind of just have to right. jump on that. Um, but then they will come up as well. So if you are generally interested in panels or if you know something came up that was just presented and you didn't hear about the panel, feel free to ask just in case you know you missed that one little part. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's to the benefit of all of yeah. us. If, there's a commissioner that's really excited about the yeah. project. I do think it's important for commissioners, though, to serve on panels, just to understand like how that process works, because yeah, totally. or else you miss a whole portion of it. So I really do encourage commissioners who haven't served on panels before to do that for a better understanding of the work that goes into it and how those decisions are made. And not only that, like when you walk by it and you're like, I did that. <laughs> It's public funds and everything have to go through a process right, right. and it's not a, this is, you know, and this is why it takes a lot of work and it's just amazing that, you know. And also we're at a pivoting moment in our, in our social responsibility in which there's a diversity among us and we need to be able to yeah. voice it early on so the address because you don't want to be it up and then say this in the time's places. So I want to encourage commissioners to engage in the conversation early on as we do these panels rather than holding off and not saying anything. We really need to be a little more engaged, you know, early on. Because there's gonna be a lot of stuff that for example for nine bandit stuff that some of those people were saying was actually very legitimate. It might have come out as an opinion, but actually it was legitimate issues that some other people might have not seen. So I think it's important how we, how we raise the issues that mm -hmm. opinion that I'm engaging and also to make sure that if people the artists to address those because sometimes we just don't see it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why I echo too. Again, um, if you are really passionate about um, how this process is, is happening and having input in some of that, but the panel is the place to do it for sure. And I, yeah, and I also just wanted to have a shout out that um, it's one of the favorite things that I do as, as a commissioner is definitely be part of these panels and be part of that process. And part of the reason for that is, I mean, we have just a rock star public art dream team and you guys, it's just been a complete pleasure to work with. Um, yay! They're all just experts in what they do and they're so knowledgeable and, and they, you know, they know the, the entire process and all of the pluses and minuses of working with artists who can, you know, sometimes be flaky, you know, it's, it's um, but, uh, but yeah, they're, it's just been a dream to, to work with that and then to walk through the city and see that you were part of that process and having that art be out there for everyone to enjoy. It's just like a huge source of pride. So. Great, thank you, commissioners. Thank you so much, Mary, for that report. Um, if there's any other comments or questions. All right, then I would like to call for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number 10 in the staff report? All right, <clears throat> there is no public in person. If you are listening to this remotely and you want to make comment, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, please press star three to put in the queue. And
give it a few more seconds. So. There is no public comment this time. Great, thanks, Dora. All right, then I'd like to call item number 11, if you think to get me after that report. Yeah. Um, if you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you'll be called on at the appropriate time. Item number 11 is new business and announcements. This item is to allow commissioners to introduce new agenda items for consideration, to report on recent art activities, and to make announcements. Commissioners. I, um, I apologize, I should have made a comment to um, agenda item number 10, and that is just to recognize what an incredible stellar job that, that our chief of um, public art, I don't know if that's your official title, <laughs> um, Mary is doing. Uh, I, I know that, we all know that you know, Susan's shoes are like gigantic to fill, and kind of like the size of the Yanyoi Kusama art over at the airport. <laughs> and you've just been phenomenal. Oh, so I wanted to just recognize how perfect you have been in this role. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the the, uh, the 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 new business that I have is something that I was prevented from talking about <laughs> because the item was tabled. But that is a request to put on the agenda for the next Visual Arts Committee um, a presentation and discussion of the, I know this sounds funny, the Political Reform Act of 1974 <laughs> uh, and Government Code 8100 and Section 8100 and 1090 at sequence. I'll give you all of this. The reason being is that it actually prevents public officials from voting on any kind of project that is within a thousand feet of where they live uh, as a conflict of interest. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is it turns out that the Petrary Yard Modernization Project at 2500 Mariposa is two and a half blocks from my house, which is 950 feet. And so anything that's between 500 and 1,000 feet of where you live and may have an effect of increasing the value of your property is conflict of interest. So I've been watching that. And so when it was going to come up, I probably had to recuse myself because it's going to be the modernization and increase sort of value of that neighborhood because that bus station is going to be this new project. Um, and that would sort of indirectly increase the value of my property two and a half blocks away. So Which I know it's technical. <laughs> yes, so that's, I mean, that's something that we should pay attention to that, that we should flag for commissioners, that if there's any project that is located to property they own, that um, uh, because of where it's located, it may be in violation for that um, commissioner to actually vote on it. Hey, that's good to know. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One more hoop to jump through, but it's like I know that that I know I know that that we have been trying to you know cross all our T's and all of our I's in terms of being yeah. compliant with conflicts of interest. Yeah, okay, I appreciate that. So so I, I'll, I'll give you, yeah. I'll actually forward you the article on it, but it's I've actually known about it for a while because there's another project around the corner, the um, Petro Gateway project. Yeah. Which is yeah. also right. around the corner from my yeah. property, and so I, there hasn't been a vote on that for a long time, and that was actually 
I don't know if it's city money. I know that we consulted on it, but I don't know if it's actually city money. It might, you know, it might be SFP. It know. is. Once the money comes to us, it right. is considered city money for, um, um, for, okay. and we are contracting with the artist to do that project. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I can't vote on that. So you have to recuse yourself from any kind of decision. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have a wow. um, Okay, it, I consider this art. <laughs> Annual Dahlia show is coming up. It's in Golden Gate Park, August 19th and 20th. And it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I saw it a couple of years ago. Dahlias? The flowers. Oh. And it would, I have never seen this thing. It is unbelievable, like how insane these colors and different flowers out of one type of flower and all the things that, that it does. And it's coming up uh, this weekend, Golden Gate Park. Super cool. Do you know where in Google? Yeah, yeah, it's at the 9th, that Rose Hall, I think. Oh, okay. 9th in Lincoln. 9th in Lincoln. Conservatory? All the flowers. Yeah, conservatory. Yeah, all the flowers. Awesome. I'll be there. Any other commissioner comments, discussion? I just remind you, there's a ballet coming in. Actually, at Harris Theater on 9th of September, that is a first Iranian um, ballet written outside of Iran, and actually two of the um, uh, San Francisco ballet dancers would be opening for them. So New York Town is actually opening for them. So uh, it was inspired by a woman by freedom. Um, I actually, I invited them to come and premiere uh, for one night, so it becomes fun to come. It's gonna be a fun evening of uh, performance. September 9th. <laughs> okay. Location? Uh, at the Earth's right here. It's called the White Feather. Thank you. It's here. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is such a beautiful feather, too. <laughs> um, all right, any other commissioner comments or questions? I'm forwarding you that article, Mary Ray. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to remind you guys come out to our walk in the Matashka, September 2nd. It's going to be actually huge. Um, we're not closing all the streets, but where the Castro Art Mart is usually on Noe and Market uh, is still happening, and that'll be a street closure. And then also in Castro Village, we'll be having small businesses um, and parklets to have artists and uh, live music, as well as the uh, restaurant Poesia, which if you haven't been to, is delicious. Um, but they are also hosting the art of their um, or Castro Village, so come out and enjoy it. You guys are available. What day was it again? Saturday, September 2nd. And I, all right. I also wanted to highly recommend seeing um, Barbie and Oppenheimer. <laughs> I actually did the double bill, and it was like one of the best days of my life. So I, I um, would, yeah, please don't miss it. And there's a reason why they're making so much money, it's because they're great films. So. All right. Um, any other comments, questions, or comments or discussion commissioners? <coughs> Seeing none, we call the public comment on item number 11, new business and announcements. There is no public in person, so if you're listening online and you want to make public comment, please raise your hand or press star to put in the queue. <coughs> there is no public comment. Great, thanks, Carla. All right, then I'd like to call item number 12, which is adjournment. This meeting is adjourned. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much.
Uh, chairs, do you mind?